This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. The fucking sun sucks. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again. And Rich Crage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot believe it. These people, some people pay us $10 to listen to the show live. This is what we've given them we, for 45 we minutes. Been doing this for 10 years. Why? We're bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, I don't have to do the whole king of pay-per-view prediction, all that sort of stuff. Do I have to do that every single week in perpetuity, or are we done with? Are we done with that now? If you'd like to, I mean, mm, I would. I don't. No, no, that's all right. Maybe next paper. Maybe next premium live event from AEW, we can do it. So, um, did you did you correctly predict the amount of uh, peacock linear eyeballs? Uh, for the Money in the Bank premium live event, or no? Because if you didn't, then we're not going to do it this month. Uh, no, I didn't put a single second of thought. Into <laughs> to the linear, eye, the linear eyeballs was that. What was the linear eyeballs thing? I don't even remember what linear eyeballs were. That that was a Barrios, like the last. Barrios, that was like the last gasp of, of George Barrios. Linear eyeballs, yeah. What was that? Yes. Even, what were they supposed to indicate? What were the linear eyeballs doing? I don't remember, um, but. It was something really stupid, and he doesn't have a job anymore. So, um, yeah, I don't remember the specifics of the of the linear eyeballs, but uh, I think he went back to that one twice. Uh, <laughs> I think he did, yeah. And uh, yeah. it's still it's still a joke that, that gets used sometimes. But now I don't even remember the, the full context of the linear eyeballs joke. But that's uh, that's all right. But no, you did not correctly predict the linear eyeballs for the Peacock Premium Live event. But that's fine uh, because we are going to review that a little bit later. We have a ton to get to uh, this week. It is a slow news week, but I think there's a whole lot. Of, it's it's slow in terms of like big giant ridiculous stories. Like Vince McMahon is no longer the CEO of WWE. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of little stuff here and there. We're going to talk money in the bank. We're going to talk about against all odds from Impact. We got Death Before Dishonor Ring of Honor taking some shape. We got some big matches announced for that one. Uh, you, you will not believe it, but the future of sports entertainment uh, will have to wait. It will not happen this weekend because uh, the wrestling entertainment series show from Nottingham, England has been canceled. So we'll talk about that and, and all the buildup uh, to that. Noah's got a big show coming up next week as well. G1's coming up a little bit. Plenty of stuff going on in, in the world of wrestling. So yeah, there's not big, giant, huge news, but there's there's enough little nuggets and stuff here and there. Yeah, uh, I had you on mute. Uh, I've got an emergency situation here. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta. I, this is awkward. I have to go for a second. <laughs> okay. If you wanna, if you wanna get started uh, with the topic, I should be back in a second. Uh, but got I, it. I, okay. I, I got, I'll, be, I'll be right back. No problem. Start. No problem. But you put yourself on mute, and I, I, I got this. All right. So Joe has an emergency, but that is okay because you have me. And I have you, and we're all here on the flagship live. So as I said, we're going to touch on all of those topics and more uh, during the show. A few little quick hitters. We actually wanted to start the show with a lot of a couple quick hitter news items, uh, and I think I'll start actually with uh, the latest on Sasha and Naomi because this one is really really quick. 
Uh, there's not a whole lot that we can add, but let me get the exact wording um, that we have. <laughs> yeah, uh, the note of chat room is is we'll we'll, we'll find out uh, what what the uh, what the reason is for for Joe. I, I have some theories, but we'll see. He's in a minute. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, uh, this comes from Sean Ross App of Fightful.com. says, PW Insider has reported. So I guess PW Insider is the actual topic here. Uh, PW Insider has reported that Sasha Banks and Naomi were removed from WWE's internal roster. Now, I don't know what that exactly means. I don't think that we had any other follow-up uh, from anybody else. I do know that then people followed up. You know, the, the snoops on, on online were able to find out that Sasha Banks and Naomi both changed their social media bios. Uh, to read professional wrestlers, so no longer heads out of E anywhere in their profiles, all the other stuff. So I don't know. Again, this is a weird story that I don't know that I um, I don't know that I have any really anything else to add to it all that much. It's it's at this point we've we've said our part, we've said what we can. They 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 stay or they go. They they return or they don't return. It, that, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Uh, and there's really nothing else to say about it until we actually see them pop up somewhere else. Until an official word comes out that they've you know re- re- been released. An official word comes out that they are no longer employed by the company. Like internal roster. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that just means like hey don't you know write them into anything for the show right now. I don't know if that means I don't know what the removed from the internal roster is. I don't know who looks at the internal roster. What the internal roster means. I, I don't know exactly what that is so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with this story but from all into it, it does appear that we are getting closer and closer to them being done in, in WWE now again that can totally change and they can come to some negotiation or they can get to the negotiating table or whatever ends up happening could happen you, you never know until you know you never actually know what these you know you know people are gone uh from any company until it's official but uh it does feel like there's at least a little bit more smoke to the fire here with uh yeah Banks and, and Naomi both changing their bios to read professional wrestler and uh, you know that PW Insider report that says uh, internal roster they've been removed from there so I don't know we'll see what ends up happening uh, very very curious next steps for both uh, I think you know obviously Sasha is gonna have every avenue to get a new job <laughs> you know anywhere else in the world of wrestling if she so chooses which I imagine she would I mean maybe she does try out Hollywood for a little bit maybe she decides to try something different for a little bit uh but I am under the impression that she's probably just gonna stick with pro wrestling and, and obviously AEW would be the obvious obvious landing spot for her there uh Naomi I think Naomi is talented obviously nowhere near on the level that Sasha Banks is but that's not that's not a slight against Naomi it's just that Sasha Banks is to me, one of the better women's wrestlers maybe of all time, at least in America. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Sasha Banks is, is would be picked up immediately by anybody the second she's free. Uh, Naomi might have to work a little bit harder, but I imagine if there's, you know, it wouldn't take long for her to find, you know, bookings or, or find a, you know, if, again, and one of the things we always see when people get released from WWE is that there's a price point that they go to. And we'll talk about this with the wrestling entertainment series, whatever the hell uh, thing in England, is that they were booking a lot of people that, Never get booked anywhere else. But people, XWB people that never take any of the bookings because a lot of XWB people, and Joe and I talk about this all the time when people get released. There's like two different ways or a couple different ways that people go about it. Some people go, I'm going to prove them wrong. Boom. And they hit the indies and they hit the ground running and they go and they're at it and they're taking every booking they can. And the second they can work, they're working. And the second they can prove people that they're great, they'll do it. When they can prove that WWE screwed up, they'll do it and they'll get out there and they'll work. They'll work. And, and you know, some people works out great. People like a Drew McIntyre ended up getting rehired because he was so damn good on the Indies that that he basically forced them to rehire him. And there's plenty of other people that have followed that path as well. There's also the path of price yourself completely out of the market and basically don't take a booking unless 
someone wants to pay you this gigantic fee that you're asking for. Now, I'm not saying that Sasha and Naomi are either of those two, but there is th- that that does exist. There's a lot of people that we've gotten. Oh, wow, this could be interesting if th- if they work here and that were, you know they go here and they go here and they go here and, and that's sort of, and it never ends up actually happening because these people they don't want to get paid. The, the idea of going back to getting X amount of dollars to do an indie shot and and you know it, it's for some I don't demeaning is maybe not the right word, but it feels beneath some people to do that. And and you can tell, and you can tell those people, you can tell who those people are because they don't get booked anywhere. <laughs> they don't appear anywhere. We talked about Kalisto a couple weeks ago where you're not seeing Kalisto a whole lot of places. The reason why is because he's not getting out of bed for the X amount of dollars of the gigantic figure. And Joe ended up sending me the figure, which is just absolutely absurd. It was like two times the figure that I thought it was going to be. But you know, that's why that guy isn't working all over the place. There, there's other guys that you can tell. It's like, Oh man, why does an X, you know, why is he not working elsewhere? Well, he just, either doesn't want to or his price is just too high and no, and no one's really meeting it and and um I don't know and then that is always a realistic possibility especially with people that have only known WWE and in Naomi and Sasha Banks' case Sasha I know did a little bit of indies and a little bit of indie shot or whatever but effectively all she's really known over the most of her professional life is, is WWE and Naomi yeah completely you know all all that she knows is WWE so the idea of you know getting off to a VW a VFW hall for you know, x amount of dollars is you know maybe not the most exciting or thrilling or or um, you know thing that, that that somebody wants to do. So I don't know. It, it, it's it's hard to say. I, I Sasha, I think will get picked up immediately. Sasha will be good. I I don't know about Naomi. I just don't have a good read on what Naomi's future is going to be in professional wrestling. Whether she wants a future in professional wrestling, whether she's willing to go on the grind because I think she is going to have to grind a little bit more than Sasha. Sasha obviously will not. Second Sasha is free. The second Sasha makes a post that she's free. Everybody's going to be calling her. AEW's going to be calling her that second, and, and she'll be picked up and scooped up pretty quickly. I don't know if Naomi will be. So, uh, Joe, are you with us yet? Yes. Okay. Emergency averted. Okay. You yeah, good? yeah. Is everybody good? My, Everybody's good? You're good? Yeah, my, my wife cut her finger chopping onions. Oh, no. Uh, that's not good. So the kids ran up here in a panic saying that she was bleeding all over the place. So um, she doesn't need stitches or anything. It, it, it you know, we got it cleaned up. It wasn't that bad, so um, everything's fine. Are you sure? Because that that it fits here. I don't care. I'll do the show. I, no, I, no, no, no. I, 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 I do a solo flagship. I'm not against it. No, her hand was a mess when I went down there. But when we cleaned it all up and and washed it off, it's just it's not it, it's nothing that requires a there you go. stitches wow. or trip to the hospital or anything. So see, this is why I don't like onions, man. You know, you never know what's gonna happen with onions. <sighs> She's bandaged up, and you know, she's finishing <laughs> making my dinner. Is what she's doing. No, but uh, I, I finished chopping the vegetables because I was like, "Listen, I'll, I'll handle the rest of these vegetables." Um, yeah, you take then, a breather. Yeah, you you're, you sit this yeah. one out. You sit the rest of the vegetable chopping out for a minute. So. Yeah, go get your neosporin and the and the band aids. I'll I'll finish chopping these vegetables, and uh, I'll throw out this onion that's got uh, a quart of blood on it, and um, <laughs> you know, and then we'll go from there. But no, everything's fine. Um, no need to stop the show. Much to your chagrin. And um, and we're good to go. What, what right. are you talking so about? People, well, people speculated that you had the that uh, you had the shits, and I was going to say, nah, Joe's. Nah, no. You wouldn't say I I'll would be have... back in a minute. I, I've I've there's been pre-show. Joe has to shit. It's not a minute. It's a little bit longer. I that. I honestly would have just said, hey, I got to go take a shit. <laughs> That's a, that, the other part too. Yeah. So uh, no, this was this was yeah. So no, it's all taken care of. Everything's fine. Good to um, go. All right. What, what are we? What are we? What are we talking about? Uh, I was just briefly talking about Naomi and Sasha. Um, just the, the yeah, obviously the internal roster yeah. report. I don't know exactly what that means or who gets that or what that you know. 
but it does feel like we're finally maybe moving forward a little bit in this. Naomi and Sasha changing their IG bios to professional wrestlers, so no longer uh, putting right. WWE in there anymore. So I, I don't know. It feels like we're moving towards the next step, but who the hell knows at this point? I heard the tail end of what you had to say. I think obviously Tony Khan will back up the Brinks truck for Sasha Banks. Um, she's a legitimate difference maker. Oh yeah, the, and... the minute Sasha is free, the minute anybody says you can call her now, there everybody's going to call her, and, and Tony's yeah. gonna be the first to call her. Yeah, and then you know who knows? Maybe she'll want to bounce around Japan a little bit to to scratch that itch. She she has all the power. I mean, she she'll call her own shots, and um, but but make no mistake. I mean, that's you know, um, you know, Khan knows that that's that's you know, if you could all if you could hand pick anyone from the WWE roster, she might be the pick. I mean, you know, from his standpoint, uh, yeah, I guess you take would you take Roman? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably. I take I Roman. Mean, uh, I, I would. I honestly. It's not an easy decision. No, it's, it's really not. Yeah, I would probably, honestly, given what Sasha could mean to the greater wrestling world, the fact that she's a woman, that she's as good as she is, like, I think that there's even more benefit in, in, in taking a Sasha. She would be my absolute number one pick. If WWE went out of business tomorrow and they said everybody is available for you to take, Sasha would easily be my number one pick. Easily. I mean. Full timers, of course, because you, you take Cena is who you take. Oh well, yeah, but, of course, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Cena, Cena, and Brock, I would also take very quickly. But uh, no, Cena, yeah, of full timers of, of of realistic possibilities, Sasha easily, easily number one. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's not you know the, the decision between Sasha and Roman would be a tricky one, but I think for what AEW needs, yeah, I, I think it, it, it you, you could make a reasonable argument for Sasha. So my point is. As soon as, and I think it's, aren't we two months? Are we two months into this already now? I mean, uh, let me see when that exact when, when it first if went it were down. A ninety day, I think. If it's yeah, a traditional ninety day, she might there. be free in about a month. Yeah, maybe we're no, there. I think let about me... a month. So that would have been. Um... They walked out. It looks like May twenty fourth, May twenty, uh, May sixteenth. They walked out May sixteenth. So. Sometime in late August. Yeah. Or, now, or, is walked out the release? That's is what? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know. The, and then nobody would know the release date. Right. This could be, this, this, they have been removed from the internal, that might be the release, you know, who knows? And the clock could be starting now. The clock could start right today, yeah. Or it could have started that day, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, when when's All Out? All Out is, what, September 3rd? September? Right, so, so that's good enough. So, September 4th, Vince, September 4th. So, if Vince thought if they slapped those titles on the table and walked out and Vince's mindset was I've had enough of her uh we're just gonna cut ties because this is a repeating uh, process or whatever uh I'm almost positive they would want to at least keep her away from all out right because let's say the 90 days was what did I say May 16th they'd be free for all out yeah that'd be August 14th they'd be free to go 90 days from today would be let's see if or yesterday that'd be October 5th yeah. So, so yeah, if, if if this was the date when they got released, this keeps them away from all out at least. Yeah, you'd want to do that, or keep Sasha at least. You know, no, no, <laughs> sorry, Naomi, but like I, I also run. said too, I think Naomi has talent and, and is useful. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about what's next for for Sasha. I think I, that's if I'm if I'm to, if I'm Tony Khan, I sign her too because I think it's really good PR. Agreed. Agreed. To bring them both in, she does have a fan base. I mean, she's obviously no Sasha Banks, but. I think it's good PR to bring them both in. I think 
you bring Sasha in and not Naomi, assuming Naomi wants to come. Because um, she's made her share of money too, and her husband's still making big money there. So maybe she just wants to chill out, do something else, stop taking bumps. I don't know her mindset. It seems like she loves wrestling, though, because she walked out over wrestling issues. Right, 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 right. So that would indicate that she wants more out of her wrestling career. If that's the case, I sign her, too, if nothing else, for the PR. And they both come in. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of like then you trot them both out there on TV with big smiles on their faces and everything. And so, yeah, I would I would I would bring her in, too. But Sasha is a no brainer. But again, Sasha is a wrestling nerd and she might have itches you want scratch. She might want to do a little stardom or one of these Japanese promotions. Uh, she might, you know, and she's got the money and the means and the power to do that. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But it looks like. If this report's accurate, and it's Mike Johnson, right? Uh, yeah, PW Insider. He's uh, reliable. So, uh, you know, if the report's accurate, and I have no reason to think it isn't, and uh, then that – I don't think that's a lock that they're gone, but I think we're one step closer. I, mean, I do, pretty- too. And, and there's also if – you, if you recall, there was the Raj Giri tweet, that, and I think nobody else kind of followed up with that, but the Raj Giri tweet was on June 16th. Uh, so let's also say, because that was the day he said, I'm hearing Sasha Banks has been released, yada, yada, yada. Even that day, 90 days from September 14th. So that, again, misses them at all out. But uh, what's the date of Arthur Ashe? Because that might be another uh, interesting. Yeah. The, thing, the thing is, that would make sense, too. The thing is, you'd want to keep her away from that pay-per-view. Right. Look, there's always going to be a big event, and they're going to put her on one of them. You can't keep her away forever. But the mindset has to be get her off that paper. Yeah, September 21st is Grand Slam 20, uh, 2022. So if the she Raj date is correct, she'd be free if the original we threw the tables, uh, you know, the, the titles on the table date is when they got released. Then they're definitely they're free for both. They're free for everything. And if today's thing is the day, then they're not they're free, free for, for either of those. Yeah, they're free. They're, they're, you got to wait till full gear or whatever the hell. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Arthur Ashe, I mean... That's just popping a TV rating. Right, That's a right, one right. TV rating. The key is the pay-per-view because the pay-per-view can be, I don't even, I wouldn't even, what number, 20, 30, 40,000 buys. I don't know how many more buys she would add debuting on a pay-per-view. Look what Punk added. Punk added 100,000 pay-per-view yeah, buys. Right. So what's Sasha Banks going to add? You know, so that's your, that's your, your precedent. The precedent is Punk added about 100,000 pay-per-view buys. So, it, your mileage may vary what you think Sasha Banks would add to a pay-per-view. If you, so that's why the key was to keep her past uh, June 5th or whatever to, to to keep her off of that pay-per-view. Look, they're going to – because because they run only four or five now pay-per-views a year, the, the strategy then would be she would be – no longer be someone new and fresh by the time the next pay-per-view rolls around because now you're talking another – three or four months so you keep her away from the pay-per-view where she's the super hot commodity at least and if they put her on tv at arthur ash or whatever else you know then you just you know that is what it is they'll pop the rating and is arthur ash gonna sell out whether she's on it or not? yeah oh no no it's not gonna move any tickets or anything but yeah it's it's a matter of popping a bigger rating yeah Yeah. so um you know that you know and and i think you do bring in naomi because that's it's good for the PR and everything. I, I, you know, and, and it's not like she's a complete not. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, if she's available at a decent price and, and, and is willing to, you know, yeah, of course you sign her. Yeah. You know, it's not like she's a complete non-entity. She's just, 
not someone who, he's just not okay. Sasha Banks who's a, 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 to me a potential transformative for and, and we've proven that we've talked about it on the show before like look at the numbers I mean they, they, like actual stat based like in you know a, an actual needle mover unlike the fake needle mover that says he's a needle mover yeah. and never actually moves any needles and you know ratings are fine and TV is fine and ratings are fine and Attendance is fine when he's not there, but no, he's a needle mover and all sort of. She is. She does actually move quarter hours and move ratings and do yeah. that sort of stuff. So, I mean, he did all right the last time he came back. I think this new thing. What we don't know about Roman is what he means now that he's not around all the time, right? Right, you know, and I do think was, that will help, and and it helps. It helped last time. It right. helped when he came back to TV last time. He popped the number. The thing with Roman is when he was on TV every week and he's wearing a T-shirt that says needle mover and he really wasn't moving his needles. <laughs> yeah, was that was the problem. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Sammy Callahan calling himself the draw. Like, what are we doing here? You're just <laughs> you're drawing attention to the fact that you, you don't draw anything. You know, like I'm not comparing Roman Reigns to Sammy Callahan. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, look, look if, if it was just Naomi available, I, I don't know if I sign her. I'll be completely honest. I don't know if I'm interested. I mean, I talk. I'd sit down at the table and see what, what, you know, where her head is at. But as the package, I think it's good PR to bring her into. Right, and it might actually it might placate Sasha a little bit too if you say, hey, we're bringing both you guys in, you know, and and, and yeah, it is it is a and these yeah, are people she's not that a left non-entity, right, right. And these are the people that left the company. They threw those belts on. Yeah, yeah it would it, you know the PR and the and and just kind of the. I don't know that you, you can, it's something you can kind of brag about and advertise. It's like, look, we, yes. you know, they, they threw those titles on the ground and now they're here. You know what I mean? That, that, yes. that has a, that has something to it. That has some, some, some gravity to it. And if any of those titles in Tony's office happen to be women's tag team titles, that's the time to roll them out. Absolutely. I mean, oh, I know, forgot about it, his titles. How many more does he say he has? Like, it's six, he, right? Did he have six? Of what he said? No, he didn't give a number. He was just like, I've I got. Thought he gave a number. Are you sure? No, someone asked about the trios again, and he said, you know, whatever he said, like waiting for Kenny to come back or whatever it was. And then he said, I got a lot more titles in my office that people don't know about. Right. <laughs> and two of them were the Owen titles. Right. And one was the all Europe or the all whatever the fuck Atlantic, that called. All the Atlantic. All Atlantic. Yes. So we know that. But we know the trios are there, too. So who knows what else he has <laughs> in that office of his. With these, uh, with all these titles, but but I'm just saying, if, if women's tag team titles are sitting there, you know, uh, collecting dust in his office somewhere, that would be the time to very roll good them time. out. Yeah, very, you throw very out, you throw a tournament together, and you have Sasha and Naomi, or you know, Mercedes the boss and uh, Trinity, you know, uh, Trinity, Trinity she's got Fatu. A, yeah, she's got a great. And, I mean, that, that's perfect. Trinity Fatu. I just have her be Trinity Fatu. That's a absolutely. Awesome name. That's not a bad yeah. name at all. And, you know, Mercedes, you go with anything with Mercedes in it, and you're all right, because that's a very uh, eye-catching kind of deal. But with Sasha, it doesn't really matter what name you give her, because it's fucking Sasha Banks. But, um, you know, and then you have them buzzsaw through some dopey tournament, and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's even a more of a, like, a, a fuck you, and even more of fan service to their fans, to Sasha and Naomi's fans, because now you're putting tag team titles on them, and it's like, it, it's just perfect. Um, 
But, you know, I, I guess we'll see. Was that the only topic you did? While, that is all like, I've hit so far. That was all I hit TLB so far. TLB was cutting her finger off. Yeah, well, she was, was <laughs> doing okay. her death match, trying yeah. out for a GCW. She had the settlement series. I think it's coming up pretty soon, uh, right? Yes. So. Yes, it is coming, as a matter of fact. <laughs> the first show. I don't actually want to preview um, those shows because I don't want to talk GCW. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Settlement yeah. series coming up uh, very soon. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do some quick hitters at the beginning of the show because, uh, uh, like I said, there's a lot of little tiny topics that I don't think – we could devote an entire segment to so just a little kind of quick stuff here uh so we talked about sasha and naomi uh real quick i want to talk about the new japan business strategy presentation yes we had a slideshow show into the world uh yesterday that had some uh, pretty interesting highlights uh as well uh the president obari uh he said that uh, new japan had a strong year he mentioned forbidden door and uh, capital collision in washington dc uh he said they want to look for more younger talent of course that of course, that's what you would do. Uh, he did say this stardom wrestlers will be featured on New Japan of America moving forward. I thought that was an interesting little wrinkle there. New stardom wrestlers featured on New Japan of America moving forward. Now, that's going to be yeah, both. We'll talk about it a little bit later as well. There, there's going to be some stardom involvement uh, in New Japan proper as well. But I thought that of America th- part was, uh, was was pretty interesting. Does that mean touring? Does that mean strong? What does that mean exactly? Nah, I think they're just the stardom wrestlers will be on the, the shows that they're running the same strong shows that they're running here and the you know the the other shows they which is smart which is really smart if they if, think, if yeah, which is yeah. a great idea to try to you know expose because a lot of the talent you, you know and, and still the new japan talent does draw still in america but like you're using a lot of the same people the hey you get to see hiroshi tanahashi live in america like that's kind of gone we're past that point now now you got to promote either big matches but i think now you can maybe get another little group of people to say hey it's yeah, the first time fans. it's the first time x is ever going to be in america the first time x versus y in america like there's a lot of stuff you can do with that so i, I think that's a smart smart thing there's, jo- there's joshi fans that'll come out for that that wouldn't normally buy a ticket right, look right, it's right. not it, there's not you know millions of those people in america but at the the you know if New Japan's drawing, you know, 500 to 1,000 fans to these sorts of shows, and you could add, you know, 25 to 50 uh, additional tickets sold to, I mean, that's a, that's a decent enough percentage at those levels to where it's worthwhile. Um, and, you know, and then, and then they also mentioned genderless shows, as they called them for Japan as well, which was interesting. Yes. So. A lot of people who've been just harping on this idea that New Japan has to have women. And my stance, which I think is similar to your stance, I don't want to speak for you, but my stance has always been, I don't give a shit either way. If New Japan never had a women's match ever until the sun burns out, it wouldn't matter to me. And if New Japan added women's matches tomorrow, it wouldn't matter to me. So uh, if they're if they're going to go down that road and, and you know, with the sister promotion and start mixing in some women's matches on new Japan shows. It is what it is. I really don't have an opinion either way. I, you know, I think for America, um, you know, it's smart. And I think for Japan, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's been segregated for a long time and not for any nefarious reasons. That's just how things are, are, are done in that culture with the wrestling. And, uh, you know, DDT does the, the mix shows sometimes for their bigger shows and some of the smaller indies do as well. This will be the really the first time if New Japan really does do this, where a major Japanese promotion is uh, is you know whatever you want to call it, not intergender because they won't be wrestling each other, but you know with the mixed shows, right? Regular, regularly doing point. mixed shows like Cyber Fight right. Festival, obviously is, is a mixed show. But yeah, this is if that's in fact what they mean by that. Right, right, right. If it doesn't mean just like on on. 
on big shows because I mean we, we've seen that already with you know Wrestle Kingdoms or whatever they'll be on sure. the pre-show and that sort of stuff and and yeah I don't know if this means that those are more like offer matches though, right 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 I don't know if this yeah. means that like now three matches of every single show in New Japan are going to have women like I don't know what that means so it'll be interesting to see uh, where that follows up but I, I I have the exact same thought as you I I don't really care there was people like going nuts that they didn't have women and there were people saying no i don't i don't care really it's honestly it's fine make any difference to me. either way yeah yeah if they're good matches and it's good wrestling i don't care yeah. i'll watch it you know it's fine with me it'll, it'll honestly be easy because now you know i'm watching new japan shows anyway so if there's you know really really talented joshi wrestlers and really talented stardom wrestlers that makes it easy uh easier for me to follow and watch them so fine the with best me. way i can put it is i don't need it but i don't care if you give it to me right yeah it, that's the way I look at it, and that's the way I've always looked at it, which is why it was never like a big topic on this show because we never really were arguing strong for it, and we were never arguing strong against it. So it's never been like a a big talking point here because neither one of us felt very strongly in either direction when it came to that argument. Uh, New Japan returning to the UK in October. Uh, they said they also want to use some more uh, uh, or have some more shows in the Oceania region uh, as well, just because of the New Zealand dojo. So that's that's cool, and, and I think that's yeah. Smart, they were but... running those before all the the world fell apart. Anyway, right, right, right. Yeah, it is it is smart because they really did corner off that part of the world in terms of uh, 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 recruiting and training as well. You know, they were they, they they were and still are really getting talent from that part of the world. And of course, Foley has the dojo in New Zealand, which is affiliated. So that all makes sense. Uh, this is an interesting thing here. Speaking of the stardom thing, I should have mentioned this before. November 20th, there's a, a New Japan stardom show uh, that they've talked about here. And, and Obari says that around two around two mixed tag matches. So uh, they're going to have two mixed tag matches or, quote, around two mixed match matches yeah. uh, on the show. Men wrestle men and women will wrestle women. So it'll be like classic America, you know pre-IG American style where, like, you know, the women will be in there against each other, and then when they tag out, the men have to tag in type thing, so. Yeah, Dusty and Sapphire versus Macho and <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Think of, of classic World Wrestling Federation uh, 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 mixed tag matches, so. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of graphs on that because I watched the whole thing, even though I didn't understand a word of it. I wasted 90 minutes watching that. Um, they had a lot of graphs with their, you know, business growth and, declines and everything look they're trying new things because they've had a rough go yes during, during <laughs> things have not been great you no know, they're drawing 400 people to corrigan i mean you know things aren't going great in new japan right now i mean it's not dire they're not like you know at, at risk of going out of business but uh things have been rough so they're throwing some different things at the table here uh shows at corrigan hall on september 5th and september 6th will be half capacity to allow vocal crowd noise sections, Joe. Finally, half capacity vocal crowd noises in early September. See, this is the one I took as bad news because that means no cheering for any of the G1. Right. Um, you know, and and it also tells you that Japan is going to keep up with this where, you know, it's they're only going to allow cheering if you have half capacity, which, again, all of these promote well most of these promotions are going to choose to do full capacity clapping because they want to sell the tickets some of the smaller promotions will take the half capacity because that's all they can sell anyway uh and and go with the cheering but new japan they're going to go with full capacity right they got they got a big budget there's a big budget there in new japan so yeah they're going to try to make as much money as they possibly can and and, and won't care throw a couple bones here in september and it's like i don't know and you could tell that the the, the crew is getting demoralized by this i mean um you know, they're sick of it, but what can you do? I mean, it's just Japan is very, very slow and, you know, way behind a lot of the other countries of the world with, with the COVID thing now. I mean, 
I think COVID is just a thing now. I mean, I think it's just a thing. And it's a thing you don't want to get if you're old or if you're obese or if you're sick. You know, and it's not going away. So I don't know. Um, no cheering. That one was demoralizing. Yeah, that hurt. Years. That hurt because it really felt like, you know, DDT had uh, they had a half capacity vocal noise show, I think, sometime uh, in the last week. I did not watch that. I, I ended up watching some of the King of DDT stuff. Uh, but that was not that was just, you know, normal clapping or whatever. So I know that a few different companies and a few different venues have said, but yeah, this news and this was presented as like, hey, we're going to have crowd noise. And it's like, all right, September 5th and September 6th, and it's going to have capacity. It's like, oh, crap. So, yeah, it, it sucks. It's it's very demoralizing because, yeah, it's, again, another G1 with the clap crowds. And, and I think it's been very hard this last year, basically, to watch New Japan or watch any Japanese wrestling with the clap crowds. Because, you know, in America, you know, there's 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 noise. If you go to the UK, we watch RevPro, there's noise. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the wrestling that we watch on a regular basis has noise and has crowds and has cheering, especially after Forbidden Door. You got to imagine some of the wrestlers, too, are just like, come on, what are we doing? I mean, Will Ospreay, obviously, very vocal about it. But uh, several others, Jay White, obviously, have been vocal about it as well. But uh in, in nicer ways, guys like Okada have mentioned it. Guys like Tanahashi have mentioned yeah. it as well. They've done it a little bit more politically correct and stuff than uh, than Will and Jay, who just basically threaten people and yell and scream and get all mad or whatever. But, like, you know, Okada and Tanahashi have kind of said the same thing as well. I mean, every everybody is ready for the cheering to, to begin again at, at September 5th and September 6th with half capacity crowds. So that sucks. But um, anyway, then... Uh, uh, Kadani said that he feels that the meeting was a new chapter for New Japan Pro Wrestling with all the stardom stuff and all that. So uh, interesting uh, news and notes there. Uh, but uh, like you said, I, I think the more telling thing uh, was that a lot of the graphs were not looking good for New Japan. And they, they, they were upfront about it saying, hey, look, we're, we're entering our 50th year. Uh, things aren't great, but we're going to you know do some new things and try some new things and, and, and try to go in different directions this year to try to get things back on track. So, you know, it, it's, it, it is what it is. But they've... Okay, on the third they did... 1200 in Corrigan on the fourth they did 536 and on the fifth they did 579 so you know to do half capacity cheering you're barely you're not sell, you're selling half capacity anyway right. so it's kind of like why not do it in Corrigan because you're not selling a lot of tickets in Corrigan the first night they did 1200 and I noticed that's a nice round number so who knows if that was really 1200 um you know, and there really wasn't. It was Kushida's return match, I think. So that was probably the draw there. And then the next two nights did nothing. They did, you know, 500 fans. So a little feather in the cap of Kushida there, right? Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Kushida for return. I haven't watched it. Did you Did you watch the match? How did he look? I haven't watched any of those Corkins yet. So I go. can't. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've been a little out on, on New Japan. I know. I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a break. G1. I'm taking a little bit of a break before the G1, and then I'll, I'll dive into the I, G1 again. I can't kill you. It's reasonable, you know. And it, you'll be a little more excited about it. It'll be like when you uh, you turn you'll, you're going to turn on that first G1 show, and you're gonna you'll be like, all right, you know, it's a little, little New Japan. You know, you'll be excited right, about right, it right. instead of you got to take some watch. breaks. You got to take some breaks. You can't watch every show, especially these, these really really desolate like Corkin <laughs> shows yeah. and stuff. You got to. You gotta take a breather. You got people like the Super Jcast. They they have to watch everything, but I don't. You know what I mean? I I, I can take yeah. a break. So yeah, but you watch those three Corkins and then watch it. You want to be like, ah, more New Japan. Now you're gonna be into it. Now you're gonna be into it. So that is uh, New Japan business strategy. Let's uh, bounce over to another topic here real quick. We should have had snappy music for this. We're we're bouncing between topics here. I like it. Uh, Joe, it turns out that one Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Did not wake up one day and decide that he loved Dragon Ball Z 
and Pokemon. He didn't wake up one day after spending years as a lifelong Georgia resident in his 50s. He didn't just wake up one day and decide to have the vernacular of a 21-year-old. No, in fact, it was revealed this week that the much-heralded Buff Bagwell Twitter renaissance uh, was a bit of a fabrication. That somebody, Joe, shocking, was doing the tweets for him. And he was selling stuff for Buff, and he was speaking as Buff, but uh, the words were mostly of this guy handling the Twitter account. It was not actually uh, Buff Bagwell, who was uh, tweeting about Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and trans rights and, and all that sort of stuff. So, sorry, everybody. I mean... Buff is not the set, stuff anymore. Set the views aside. I don't even care about the... I'm Buff and I love gay people stuff. I Set all that aside, Okay. Just the change in vernacular of the tweets. <laughs> it was, was, it was clearly a 21-year-old writing these tweets. Like, I mean, you know, forget even the content of the tweets, just the, the vernacular, right, the grammar, right, right. the spelling. And that's not even knocking Bagwell, an uneducated guy. Or did he go to, did he go to college? I don't uh, ooh, I don't know did about Marcus. Acting? I don't know about Marcus Alexander Bagwell's college. I feel the like Jim is, Ross never told me he was like you know a tight end at, yeah. at Georgia State, so I, I don't know for maybe sure. Maybe he's at, maybe he's well. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he was valedictorian of his class. I have no clue. I shouldn't have said that. But the point okay. here is, all right. <clears throat> Growing up, Bagwell was a standout baseball player during his tenure at Sprayberry High School and worked for his family's lumber company. Upon graduating from high school, he started an amateur boxing career. When the lumber company went bankrupt, however, he became a massage therapist before deciding to wrestle. So Okay, so he was a good athlete in high school, not good enough to play in college, and then bounced around before he found wrestling. All right, But, but the point here is, you know, whether he's well-educated or, or not, just go read his tweets from before the, the drastic change, and it was someone whose entire vernacular grammar and method of, of, of typing completely changed. And that was the immediate tip-off. Right. That doesn't happen. Rich, when we were both tweeting from the Voice of Wrestling account, we didn't even need to tag it anymore because people could tell whose words it was by the vernacular and by the turn of phrase and by the grammar and by – because you have a voice when you type and you tweet and, and everyone has a distinct voice. And the voice completely changed, let alone the fact that this is a southern Georgia-born – a flag-waving Republican who all of a sudden had the wokest, most leftist views imaginable on everything. Um, and I know the argument is, oh, well, people can change. Or people go, okay. But we <laughs> yeah. all of it. I don't I, believe. Here's my argument. I don't believe that Buff Bagwell was going to change. That's where I argue with people. If, even yeah. if you give that benefit of the doubt, <laughs> I mean, combined with the fact that it was a completely different tone in the tweets and everything else, and he was, you know. It, just, it, it was, was also Buff Bagwell. Yes. And, and the, the point here is we sniffed this out and a lot of people sniffed this out immediately, but nobody wanted to listen. And it ended up becoming and then it's like, all right, well, what harm is it doing? Well, the harm is then when you're leveraging popular views of wrestling Twitter, because let's face it, wrestling Twitter leans very left. I mean, I think everyone would admit that. Whether you are a leftist or whether you're a fucking MAGA Republican, I think everyone would agree that wrestling Twitter leans very – I mean there's a meme tweet that says when you join Twitter, you get a season pass to Monday Night Raw and 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 the fucking – the Karl Marx book, whatever that fuck – I mean that's a, it's a literal meme. It's understood. So in order to run a grift 
and sell t-shirts and get people hyped up for your fucking DDT D, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, you know, redemption show that you're filming, you're going to want to try to appeal to the widest base possible. And on Twitter, that's people who lean left. So what this guy did is he hired someone to who promised him that he's like, hey, look, I know what Twitter likes. Uh, and, and he probably just hired this guy and said, all right, tweet whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a fuck. And never yeah, thought make about me, it. Make again. me money. I don't really give a shit. And yeah, he did. Sell my t-shirts. Put me on this redemption path. I don't give a shit what you tweet. Get me twen- uh, on trending Facebook. on Twitter, which he did yeah. many times. Correct. So, and and that's what that's what happened here. He didn't. He didn't. I don't think he knew the guy was a sex pest or a sex offender, a registered sex offender. I don't. I believe him when he says he didn't know that because I don't think Marcus Bagwell put any thought into this. He just None. somebody. Yeah, he hired the guy. The guy was, uh, you know, and, and and he didn't check into the guy's background or anything, and he got burned. And then the guy stole all the money, and and <laughs> and, and disappeared. And uh, you know, and now Bagwell's on the hook. Number one, because everyone feels betrayed that he doesn't really hold all these views. Surprise, surprise. And number two, a lot of people lost money because this guy stole their money. He stole Bagwell's money. He stole everybody's money. And uh, he skipped town to, uh, you know, to run the next hustle. So uh, that's what happened here. I just cannot believe that people fell for this. It's, it's, you know, and I'm not trying to shit on people or rub it in, but come on. I mean, how naive are you to have fallen? Rich, we spotted this immediately. I mean, I remember in our, in our Slack and everywhere else that we talk, I mean, as soon as this became a thing, we were like, oh, this is just clearly not him. Just so obviously not him. Right, right, right. And, and like people didn't have to go very far to find like opinions. Like like you said, the vernacular one of one. That was the easiest way to tell. Is that one day the way that this guy tweeted the the, the sentence structure, the punctuation, <laughs> you know the 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 way that he typed was just completely different. It just completely changed overnight. And then also like yeah, you go you only had to go back and look like a couple months to find completely different views than what he was you know espousing you know in these later days. And it's like again, yes, when when we mentioned it and when we kind of were like this is kind of where when people people were coming to us and saying hey, what do you think about this Buff Bagwell thing? Like wow, he's completely changed. And, oh, it's really cool to see you know someone in their fifties completely change. Or it's so good that you know I never thought he could be this kind of guy. But he's and and I think I was always saying like look look look. And I think I even said this in our Discord, like in March or whatever, like yeah. May or whatever. I said, look, I don't know. I have no knowledge. I will just say, be cautious getting too excited about this guy changing or being progressive. It doesn't smell right. It doesn't pass my smell test. And these guys are professional grifters and professional liars. They're professional wrestlers. That's their job. That's what they do. Yeah. Now, did I know that Buff was going to get grifted by a grifter? <laughs> Change it, grift. You know, no, I yeah. probably didn't know it was that many levels or that many. I, maybe I honestly thought it was Buff just, uh, you know, sending it through. I don't know. I didn't know any of the actual details of it, but it smelled fishy from the beginning. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people got burned financially. Uh, some people got their hopes up. I know there was wrestlers that said I was really disappointed because I was DMing with him and he was giving me advice about, you know, how to manage the wrestling business and. Uh, it's just different stuff like that, and that's what that that's what hurts more than anything. Like this is just a dumb Twitter thing, and and if it was just him tweeting and like whatever, who cares? But the fact that people bought shirts, people bought things, people donated things, and people talked to or, or thought they were talking to somebody that they respected or whatever. I don't know why you respect Buff Bagwell in the first place, but anyway, <laughs> they thought they were you know somebody or they, or or people you know got happy that that an ex wrestler they thought was 
a grifter and a professional liar and all that sort of stuff had seen the right way and was 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 going in the right direction and was was being positive on Twitter and was giving grit. And it's all just nothing. It's all for nothing. It's all just a giant grift by a guy who's a grifter. And, and that and that sucks. Yeah. And, and and in the end, a bunch of people are burned. Bagwell's out of money. People are out of money. And this guy is just going to go on, like you said, to do the next little thing. But I, he, he played it perfectly. This this registered sex offender tweeter guy played it perfectly. He said, bluff, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to market to. We're going to use these marginalized groups to, to monetize your rehab. And he did it. And he nailed it. And yep. he got it. And yep. he got a lot of money for it. And he got all the money and ran off right. So be careful. That's that's all I'll say. Professional, they are professional liars. All we have to tell you again and again yeah, I mean, and again and again and again and again. They're not your friends. Some may be your friends, and that's not to say all wrestlers are bad. Not all wrestlers are bad, but just remember they're they're pro wrestlers. Just because they interact with you on Twitter doesn't mean they're you know that they're your friends. David Starr, remember him? David uh, Starr. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, now he's 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 back. He's not posting through it, but he's, he's podcasting back. through it, right? He, well, he he just did a podcast. Where on that podcast, and this is going to stun you too, Rich, he admitted that while he holds left-leaning views, that he did lean into them very heavily for the sake of his wrestling gimmick the entire time. Which isn't going to stun you, but will probably stun a lot of people who bought into all of his... It is a wrestling gimmick. Right. We got, we got some DMs from one star that were just like, all right. Look, the guy's not... <laughs> look, look, I'm not... Look, the, the, the guy's not voting for Mitt Romney, okay? He's he's left-leaning. But he turned it up to 12 for the gimmick. And he's now come clean on that because, at least according to him, he has no designs on coming back or attempting to come back to wrestling, not that anybody would ever book him. So he kind of just let it all hang out. And, you know, and he said, look, I was, you know, I turned it up to 10. He didn't use that verbiage. I forget the exact verbiage, but he admitted that a lot of it was just, you know, it was advantageous to, to play that role, to make it, to make that his gimmick. So, I mean, they're pro wrestlers. Here's what I don't understand, and we'll move off of it. Why do you need that kind of affirmation from Marcus, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Bagwell Alex, anyway? The handsome stranger. Why do you need who, the handsome stranger? Like, like, seriously, who cares what Buff Bagwell thinks about anything? I don't care what Buff Bagwell thinks about literally anything on this planet. Like, wh- why are you... Why do you need validation or, or affirmation from him? Of all I, I know. Yeah, because I did see a lot of those people being good? like, I was really disappointed because, you know, I had conversations with him and I, you know, I got guidance from him. And I was like, I, why are you getting guidance from Buff Backwell? Like, like if Mick Foley slides in your DMs, okay, that's a guy I listen to. That's a guy I, I have a comment. If Buff Bagwell's like, hey, I got some advice for you, I'm going the other direction. Man. Oh, yeah, not too. Like, why are <laughs> Thanks, you Buff, but uh, I'm good, I think. From, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're talking wrestling advice. I'm just talking like life. Advice. Oh, life. Oh, forget life advice. Yeah, get like, out of I here. don't. I don't care what Buff Bagwell thinks about anything on the, in this world. <laughs> Why would I? And that and that's not just slagging off on him. That goes for 99% of pro wrestlers. I don't care what any of them think about anything. I don't need their affirmation to confirm what I think about things. I couldn't care less what any of them think. Agree, disagree on any is that part. I will never understand, but. Again, that's I don't want to go down that route. But yeah, like you're saying too, wrestling advice from Buff Bagwell? What? The guy who was so bad that Vince McMahon ripped up months and months worth of plans. What for WCW is he going to give you? Yeah. What relevant advice is he going to give you? What what can he tell you other than here's what you do? 
if it's 1991, be really hot so people want to put you on TV. Right. What else can he tell you? <laughs> that's, that's essentially it. You know, his entire career was built on being handsome and yep. having a nice body. I mean, there's no other advice that man can give you. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, thankfully, hopefully, this is the last time we ever have to talk about Buff Bagwell again on this show. So um... He broke in as the handsome stranger. <laughs> right. His gimmick was literally that he was just hot. Then he was in the American males. <laughs> this isn't. I mean, if he looked like Buck Robley, he never would have made it. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> well, the, 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 the run of Woke Bay uh, Buff Bagwell is now done. So um, Thankfully. Rest in please peace. Please don't fall for the next one. <laughs> yes, please think hard and, and, and think twice before you, you give money to uh, to people. Particularly when there's T-shirts behind it. <laughs> right, right. If there's a documentary or T-shirts, think for a second. Think for a second. Find top hats. You might want to step back and and consider, reconsider. <laughs> right. Jeez. Oh, oh, that was uh, that's buff bag. Well, what else we got here on the uh, the, the quick hitters, or do we need to get into uh, our, our big topics here? Uh oh. Well, Will Osprey fired back on Kenny. Do you have those quotes? Oh yeah. Let me get those real quick. I had them and then I lost them. I but yeah, them. it's Hold a little little spicy. There. You got them right. You got it in front of you. Yeah, he wants to slap. He's gonna slap the taste out of his mouth. Hold on, let me. <laughs> All right, pro wrestling. <laughs> Things are heating up. Um, what's interesting about the Kenny? Well, because Will Osprey did an interview with uh, some British wrestling podcast uh, or something um, today. Actually, that that I don't know when he did the interview, but it came out today, and he fired back at the Kenny comments. Um, so first, he started off talking a bunch of work stuff. He says, and I quote. This whole thing started in 2009. It was Kenny's last match, I guess, and he wanted Abushi out there to second him. I fucking blew Abushi's brain out with the hidden blade, so he was super mad at me, super fucking mad at me. The thing is, I'm mad at myself when those things happen. I don't want to brain somebody, but it's a legal wrestling move. I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed to do blows to the back of the head, 12-6 elbows down, and this was a 9-3 elbow strike. I'm allowed to do it. Obviously, the repercussion was he got knocked out and it was a bad concussion. Since then, myself and Ibushi, we've gone out for drinks. We don't talk anymore, because Will's a heel. But after that point, we went for drinks and meals. We're fine, but Kenny is butthurt off the accident, end quote. First of all, this part of it is is 100% work. Yes, he's still getting traction off the fucking elbow. Because we all know Ibushi got knocked out on the the, uh, ring post and not the hidden blade. But... Because they took it at the time, they took advantage of that and played it up like it was the hidden blade to get the hidden blade over. And Will's still using that. He's still using that quote unquote KO of Abushi to get heat and to get the hidden blade over. Yeah, it, it sucks from, that Abushi got a concussion from that or got any sort of head trauma from that, but it was like the yeah. debut of the hidden blade, and that's the best way to possibly work out for the hidden blade yeah. ever, which sucks that that's a result of it. But we said it at the time, too. You had, you had young lions putting him on like a backboard or whatever. I mean, it, it was yeah. not, you know, and the people. Just, just getting so upset about it again, Joe. It's, it's, I, and, and get it. It relates to this Bob Bagwell thing. I'm starting to think that these wrestlers are sometimes lying to us in the interviews you know, and in the ring and lying uh, about injuries. Sometimes, what is the what is is this business not in the up and up? What's going on? Anyway, here? he's talking about the yes, how right. it's a legal move and everything. It's, that <laughs> it's whole so work. It's work. so worky. So. Then he goes on, and We're now not the friends next part, anymore. <laughs> right, because he has to say that. <laughs> right. We used to drive in cars together. Now we don't anymore. You know, just yeah. Right. Just... 
classic 1987 pro wrestling shit that I love. But then it set up the next quote, uh, which is where things get a little murky because as often happens when guys are building a match and they're hitting each other a little close to home, I think these guys are starting to strike nerves with each other. So this is where you get what is, to me, is still clearly building towards a match, but also they're kind of like the old working stuff in like ribbon on the square, like getting some, some legit shots in there uh, to tweak the other side. Obviously Osprey was mad and now he's trying to make Kenny mad. Here's the next quote. Right. And that happens very, I mean, every time you have, and that's why you always got to be careful with work shoot stuff uh, because very often one line or or whatever will cross that line. And then there's almost no going back from that. Hey, I haven't talked to you about this yet. And we're not going to do it on the air and everyone's going to get mad because I'm bringing it up and then we're not going to talk about it. But there are two very prominent, aw stars who i you know talked to some people today and it looks like uh there's legitimate heat there because of something said on a promo on tv okay you don't think that stuff happens it happens all the time but anyway um here's osprey and i quote this is where it gets spicy he can think what he wants about me the motherfucker is such a little bitch the same person who is like i grew up after six or seven five-star matches no you didn't you cunt you vanity search your name on Twitter to see what everybody says, and when it's bad, you cry in the corner of your million-pound house, and you're still bothered by some cunt who sits doing some wrestling matches who's trying to help out not only the British scene but the Japanese scene because I'm not an idiot when it comes to my company. We got hit hard by the pandemic. Does that mean I'm taking a day off? No. I'm working my ass off to bring it back because that's what you said to do. This is the reason I don't like Kenny. There is This is where some people can relate. When you say something to me, look me in the eye, speak to me. When you talk to me and tell me this and then go to the fans and talk differently, that's where we have a problem. You have my number. If we have a problem, call me and we can fucking talk about it. I don't have anything to say about him. Be all, end all. I'm sure if everyone was in the same room, I would slap him. The worst thing is people are going to listen and be like, they are building something. We are not building anything. He's a cunt. I will slap that boy and remind him you're a fucking 40-year-old man and you're fucking fragile. Do you really want to get with me? I will end you. End quote. Yikes. <laughs> Reel it in, bud. Where do we start? <laughs> Where do we in, start? Pal. Good Lord. Talk about working stiff. Yeah, good Woo. God. Jesus. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here. I'd say. Number one, you're absolutely building a match. That's number one. Right. Number two, th- there's stuff in here where he's saying, look, Kenny told me to take care of the company. Kenny taught me to you know help new guys get over and whatnot and and now he's when he talks in public he talks down on me and shits on me that's kind of what he's trying to get over here the idea of that and also the idea that kenny omega the idea that he doesn't care about his five-star matches and we talked about this last week we, 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 we addressed this last week yeah that, yeah does. kenny did that kenny knows that that's part of the work here where kenny is now trying to be this veteran who's above it we all know he's not. He calls himself the best bout machine. I mean, give me a break. And and so that's part of this work as well. And then the rest of the uh, incredibly violent and nasty talk. I mean, <laughs> a lot of a lot of cunt. Yeah, a lot of the word cunt. A lot of cunt. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of I will end you. Um, we but called I him mean, a that's... fucking bitch at one point too, which seems yeah. That's hard to come back from. At the, you know, even if you're like working a thing, like even then, I'm like, yeah, pal, like reel it in a little bit, like. Yeah, I mean, well, I think what this is is Will, um, with his first opportunity to speak publicly and fire back to build this match. And number two, I think Kenny may have struck a nerve with him, and now he's trying to strike one back. So there's a little bit of reality mixed in, and those are the best kind of works, right? 
because those are the hardest ones to figure out. And those are the ones that people are going to buy into. People bought into Kenny's uh, part of it a couple weeks ago, and now people are buying into Will's now because you look at the reaction to this and they're all like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kenny really pissed Will off. And then there's other people who are saying things like, uh, well, this was all a work, but now Will's going to blow it because he's working too stiff here. So people are buying these words. Right, right. I saw a lot and of people saying, you know, that's the oh, idea this is, no matter what. Do people have said this stuff about Kenny before? And yeah, this is, he's true. There are people on the other side too saying, you know, that, that don't love Kenny. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting thing here. They gotta be a little they gotta be a little careful though. This <laughs> you don't wanna get too far into the the first paragraph is good, the second paragraph is good too, but you wanna do a little bit more of the first paragraph and some of that second paragraph, but uh blended but in. But isn't for there sure. something to be said for like Brett and Sean? Didn't it help them sell tickets that people uh, really, really hated each other? Yeah, it did, but it also resulted in like the prop and, and that's the ultimate example of like a work and a shoot going a little too far. It's because yeah. Vince realized, hey, I got something here. So he pitted those two guys and would tell Sean, hey, Brett told you so was saying this about you, and then tell Brett, hey, you know, you know. and then they, he, he, he did everything he could until it ended up with them, like, literally ripping each other's hair out backstage and fighting and Shawn Michaels, you know, wanting to quit the company and, and, and going away for a couple weeks or whatever. So that's where you always got to watch. And then they just absolutely fucking hated each other and couldn't bother each other. But at the end of the day, they mostly were able to get back on the same track and get out there. And you're right, it did sell tickets and people knew about it and that sort of stuff. But... You want to be somewhere in between the Brett and Sean thing and 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 you know your everyday work, and that's that. It's it's something where you want both parties to kind of agree that hey, let, let's let's push the envelope a little bit. Let's get let's let's you know dig at each other, but maybe uh, I don't know some of, some of the will vernacular there is a little tough. That it, yeah, I can't no, imagine Kenny was like yeah yeah call me a fucking bitch yeah oh yeah I'm a cunt yeah yeah I'm a cunt <laughs> call me call me a fucking well, okay, cunt well, let me, and forty let me year old this. fucking cunt or whatever like. Well, let me ask you this: What are the odds? They're texting back and forth right now, trying to figure out what Kenny should say next. Oh man, I don't know. I don't have a good read on it. I really, and that's. I guess that's good that I don't have a good read on it because I bought in. I, I've, I've worked at this point because I don't know. Uh, that's hmm. your okay. So your theory is Will was working here, but he went too far. Yes, yeah. That that he was cool with everything else, and then he got a little too in on himself at, at the last paragraph there. But it's clear this was meant as a work because of the first paragraph. Correct. Which is correct. all work. Right. I mean, you know, so. I think he, yeah, he, I was, mean, I, he yeah. was talking and then he just started going. And I, it felt like a lot of the a lot of the first paragraph felt like Will Ospreay the wrestler. You know what I mean? Building a match yeah, with Kenny heel, Omega. Yeah, the heel persona. Yeah, the second part seemed a little bit like Will Ospreay the, the human being talking about Kenny Omega the human being too. You, you know, a little. There's a few things in I, there that You know what it was? I deep. think. I, I I'll differ slightly. I think it was Will Ospreay, the heel wrestling character, talking about Kenny, but in in a, in a with 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 plausible deniability that it was really like he did it in the character, but may have meant what he was saying. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did it in the character, but meant some of what he was saying. Right. So some it was probably ramped up to ten, but it was definitely some real thoughts of Will Ospreay. Yeah. Like this was. United Empire Kenny, uh, United, United Empire, Empire Will, Will yeah. expressing Will Ospreay, the human being's thoughts. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. what I, that, yeah, I could totally see that. The point is, this is, this rules. It's this fucking rocks. Good. Yeah, either way, it rocks. Even if they want to rip each other's hair out, that kind of rocks too, so. This can go on while he's, like, and, and whether they are building a match or ultimately don't or not, even if they never have a match, this is incredible shit talk. 
this is this is so good. Like he's got, and you know, Kenny's gonna come back with some shit now, and uh, you know, he's doing this whole aloof, I'm above it kind of thing. And um, I don't know, I'm into this though. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, I just want to see these two dudes wrestle at some point, and 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 if this is what gets us on that path, I'm I'm down. So I don't have the exact quote, but Will also threw in whether it was on Twitter or elsewhere in his interview, but he said something about. The Forbidden Door was supposed to open a year ago, and, and I was supposed to come in. But uh, somebody put a stop to that politically, and we all know who it was. Like, now he's implying that Kenny's keeping him out of AEW as well to to uh, to add to this. So, um, the, the, you know, there, there's more to come. Now we got to wait for, you know, someone to give Kenny a mic again and see if this thing continues. And then once either one of it do it in a company promo – then it's just work city. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. Once someone does it in a, you know, if Will does it in Japan or if Kenny does it when he comes, you know, anything done in a work setting and work meaning a workplace setting, I mean, you know, now we know the deal. And then it's just a matter of who's going to get the match. And if we learned anything from Moxley Tanahashi, that Tony Khan is very devious when it comes to making sure he gets the match that he wants when, uh, you know, when it comes to these uh, interpromotional bouts. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it's it's no matter what, it's it's interesting, fun stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the end result ends up being. So there you go. Any other uh, quick hitter topics? Uh, I think that's everything. I think we got everything. All right. So let's get to. Uh, we're gonna get to some of our other topics. I mentioned Money in the Bank, uh, Impact Wrestling's Against All Odds, ROH Death Before Dishonor, uh, Wrestling Entertainment Series, whatever the fuck thing was going on here. Pro Wrestling No. We'll talk about all that stuff. Before we do that though, uh, Joe, I do have to let you know that this episode of the flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it's America's number one meal kit. Unfortunately, they do not slice onions ahead of time for you, Joe. You do have to slice your own onions. So I was going to say that we could, uh, this is a, a way where maybe TLB cannot slice your finger open, but uh, you do have to slice some of the ingredients. Some of the slices, some some stuff come pre sliced, but the onions I are going to have to slice on your own, unfortunately. But as I said, you can get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door. Every single week, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market, and it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-proportioned, so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. You can pick from your favorites of 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to, change your delivery date, or update your uh, preferences all in the HelloFresh app so you can go to hellofresh.com right now and use the code vow16 that's hellofresh.com slash vow16 and use the promo code vow16 you're going to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts again it's hellofresh.com slash vow16 and use that promo code vow16 to get 16 free meals and three free gifts uh that is hellofresh america's number one meal kit again hellofresh.com slash vow16 and use the promo code vow16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts thank them of course for sponsoring this episode of the flagship all right joe Let's talk about Money in the Bank. And last week we had, I, I had sort of promised, or you had promised, or we had promised that I was not going to watch this show and we would do the the WWE premium live event game where, where I don't watch and you prepare three lies. And I, I it was it was a pretty memorable 
newsworthy show, so I, uh, I I watch Money in the Bank. So no no game. We're just gonna do an earnest review of the Money in the Bank premium live event. Okay, is that fine? Did you prepare lies for me or no? Yes. You did prepare lies. No, I didn't prepare. Oh, lies. you did not prepare lies. I was gonna say we could do those. No, no, no. You told me you told me you were gonna uh, you were gonna you were gonna watch. So I didn't bother preparing the lies. Yeah, sorry. Well, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the show overall. Uh, it was Money in the Bank. It was a premium live event. It was from the intimate confines of the MGM Gar- uh, Grand Garden Arena. Uh, I think the big news coming out of it, of course, is the third or fourth, by my count, uh, star-making performance for one Liv Morgan, who won <laughs> the Women's Money in the Bank, and then cashed in on Ronda Rousey and won the SmackDown Women's title in 32 seconds. Michael Cole uh, told a heartfelt story after the match and said, eight years ago, in the performance center. Did you did you catch this at all or did you skip uh like the did you just watch the matches or did you watch the before and afters? Well you mean the before and after Well like like they did like it was, there was videos before and then they, they cut after the money in the bank, they 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 showed Liv in the ring celebrating for a long time and then they cut to Pat and Michael Cole. And Cole is like holding back, he's like he's like choked up about oh, this. Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. Eight years ago, I walked to the WWE Performance Center and I saw what what's her name? Gianna whatever Gianna, right? Gianna Daddio. Yeah, he says, I, I, I met a woman, met a, met a woman named Gianna, and she said, it is my dream to become SmackDown Women's <laughs> Champion. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up. Uh, not a title at the time when uh, Gianna met Michael Cole uh, at the WWE Performance Center. Oh, SmackDown yeah, they, they worked real hard, yeah. Did not exist. Uh, that was, yeah. that was uh, a thing in 2016, uh, when not eight years ago. So, um, yeah. Maybe her dream was to be women's champion. I don't think her dream was to be SmackDown women's champion because that would be weird because that wasn't a thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what a moment! Star, a new well, star is born. It sounds like look, people aren't going to like what I have to say about the whole Liv Morgan thing. I mean, I have nothing against Liv Morgan. I really don't. Um, they really played it up especially on the commentary because they had Cole and, and, um, and McAfee really go nuts on commentary and they played it up on YouTube and everything. So they, they really uh, are trying to make this a big deal. I, of course, as I always am, are keeping this company at arm's length and I'm highly skeptical that this is a real push. Um, I think that Liv Morgan is very likable and I think she is someone who is very popular on social media. I don't know if her popularity translate translates to reality. Um, I don't think the cash in and title change got any kind of spectacular pop in the building compared, you know, if you compare it, you know, to other money, look, money in the bank cash ins are always going to get, good reactions from the crowd because of the surprise aspect and people like to see title changes. And I don't think this one was above and beyond some of the other recent questions we saw in terms of crowd reaction. Um, and live to me, I don't see an, a, a big upside with her. I really don't. I, I think she's an average wrestler who at times can look really good in the ring and at other times can look downright untrained. Um, but, but mostly is solid and fine you know, by the standards of that division in that company. I think she does have charisma, but I don't think she has superstar charisma. Um, you know, I, I don't think she gets reactions in the buildings that correspond with, with the popularity that you see that she has online. 
Um, she's almost an inverse Britt Baker, Adam Cole, in that Baker and Cole are extremely unpopular online, but get great reactions in the buildings and and are quarter hour movers and all of those things. Whereas, uh, whereas um, Liv is extremely popular. Like if you just judged by Twitter, you'd think she was one of the biggest stars in the company, but then it doesn't translate. Uh, Rich, she had a a world title main event on Raw in December. Do you remember this against uh, Becky Lynch? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it on the show. Um, she had a, yeah. One so of her many star-making performances that she's had recently. Well, she she had a the main event match of, of that Raw on December 6th. And uh, Monday Night Raw that week, uh, new record low for the key demo in the history of Monday Night Raw. The show did uh, one point, it averaged 1.6 million viewers and it did a 0.35. Let me make sure I'm right. A 0.35 in the 18 to 49. No extraordinary competition. Wasn't on a holiday. December 6th Raw. It did a 0.46 the week before. It did a 0.35. Um, that show opened up with a Big E, Kevin Owens, uh, Steel Cage match, if you recall. Uh, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch main evented that show. And uh, the first hour... Averaged 1.669 million viewers. The second hour averaged 1.636 million viewers. And the uh, third hour with the Becky Lynch Liv Morgan main event cratered to 1.494 million viewers. Nobody cared. Um, I don't have any evidence that Liv Morgan is any kind of a star. Now, if this is the start of a push and she catches fire, that remains to be seen. Would I bet on that? I would not. Because I don't see superstar qualities in her. I think she, and, and again, I have nothing against her. And I think she is charismatic and she's clearly has a, a, a fan base, but I don't see her as someone that I would build a division, let alone a company around. Now, Sasha Banks is out. Ronda Rousey hasn't worked. Look, I get it. It's good to try this with the caveat of, are they even really trying? Right, and I, I, that th- I would like to see how SummerSlam goes before we have the, are they trying it with Liv argument? Because there's a very strong possibility that she doesn't even make it through SummerSlam as the champion. There's a strong possibility she doesn't make it more than three months as champion. We just did this with Big E. We just did yeah. this oh, with Big yeah. E. And Look, that's, we're I, not the ones that need to be convinced, sir. Right, well, I mean, and, we and I also wanted goes. to, yeah, no, oh, I'm aware. I, I'm very aware. But I also wanted to do yeah. a little bit of an experiment here of Money in the Bank Cashins. And I want to I want to go through every. We can do this quickly because there there there's a lot, but I think your answer is going to be pretty obvious for a lot of them. In the moment, it feels like the biggest deal. In the moment, the money in the bank cash and feels like oh my god, they they've, you know, the crowd goes nuts because like you said, it's it's exciting. They know they're going to get a title change. They know there's a big time match. The crowds always always buy into money in the bank. Like you said, the crowd reaction is almost always good for one of these because. It's exciting. It, it is a very, very exciting moment. The, the briefcase gets handed, the bell rings, the things are happening. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's something that. But, but, how many of these have actually been? Have, have they created a, a tangible star? How many of these created a tangible thing? How many of these do you even remember more than anything outside of the moment that it happens? All right, yeah, you ready, real quickly, to go over every cash in, real fast. Sure. All right, first one, Edge. Very memorable. Very that, memorable. Yeah, that it, set the tone. That made this a thing because right. it was so successful and memorable. All right. No one is going to argue that that one wasn't great. That one was great. Mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam. No recollection. Yeah, he won it at WrestleMania 22. I believe that's when he cashed in at. Uh, I don't remember. 
I think yeah, I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> there we go. There, easy example. Well, let's do this without looking them up. Now right. I, that's I'm I'm not going to. I I know the names and that's all I do. I know the names and the year. All right. Mr. Kennedy. List, Mr. Kennedy. I only remember that one because like he didn't because he didn't really work. But I don't. Do I remember the moments? No. I do no. Not. No. I and and Mr. Kennedy, he lost it to Edge. He lost the contract to Edge. Who then had it and then cashed in on somebody? Oh well, there you go. Right. I, wait, are these Money in the Bank winners or cash ins? Uh, these are are people that have won a Money in the Bank and then cashed in. So but they the briefcase in. can get changed. So Mr. Kennedy never cashed it in; he lost it to Edge. Oh, so why are we using him? I thought we we're doing. Well, just doing... I, I'm doing cash ins and people that have because also people think that the briefcase means because we're gonna talk about it with theory too. Yeah. I think you need to do both. I think you need to to, to, to right. do both just because I think it's important to show both because it's it, – it, again, it's not the immediate, oh, my God, this person's now just a gigantic superstar and a made commodity at this point that people right, think right, it right. is, especially yeah. in recent years. Yeah. It hasn't been that. Uh, CM Punk won it at WrestleMania 25. I remember his and I remember his cash. Yeah, I did He too. had a good cash. That one was good. Um, yeah. Oh, he won it at both WrestleMania's. He won it at WrestleMania 24 and 25. So he, did he was his his cash in was similar to this one, and that you know it's like there was a groundswell of people who wanted this. Right, for him. right, right, right. Those so I, that, I would say works for him. We're good. Yeah, I, I'm cool with those. Yeah. All right, Jack Swagger. I don't. I didn't know. I would, if this was like a, a sporkle quiz of people who cashed <laughs> you're in, you're never would, getting Jack Swagger. No. Uh, then we had SmackDown ones uh, and, and and Raw ones. We had Kane. I don't. Kane know. held it for forty nine minutes. Do you remember that? Okay. No, you don't. Sure. Uh, the Miz. I mean, I remember him carrying it around. Uh, this one I'm gonna say was because this is when he cashed in on Randy Orton, won the title, went to main event WrestleMania. Which I don't know if you yeah. know, but the Miz main event at WrestleMania. He's also like an eight time Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I mean, he does a good job in his promos making sure you remember that <laughs> You'll stuff. never forget that. it. Yeah, you'll never, ever now, I'm not it. even knocking him. I mean, no, you know. No, no, no. He, he has made the most out of this. Like, yeah. There, I'll there's... say his was successful. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say it was too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Money in the Bank 2011, Daniel Bryan won it and then cashed in 150 days later. Yeah, obviously, that's very memorable. Yeah, yeah that one was good. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, who won it at Money in the Bank, tried to cash it in uh, on, on the actual Money in the Bank show. Obviously, CM Punk stopped him from doing that. Uh, and then he would later do it, I think, 28 days later. So he'd cash in on. I remember it being stopped and all that, but I, I don't consider that a successful no, money. No, I, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, 2012. Uh, I, I, if I have to think this hard about whether I remember it or not, the answer is no. So that one I would say was. The problem is the follow-up was horrible. Because remember, he won the match. I think he beat Del Rio or whatever. It was a big, giant deal. He carried the briefcase forever, too. He, he carried that thing for almost the whole year. Uh, around it was a big part of his character for a while he cashed in but then the problem was the follow-up they, they didn't have a follow-up it was just like Dolph Ziggler's a made guy it, it very it, not not similar to this like Liv Morgan thing but very similar to a lot of other ones where it's like all right here we go and then nothing happened after that with Dolph he, I feel like it was too late for Dolph it was and then he got his concussion and we talked about it at the time yeah. that you know on our show that we were doing at that time which seems unbelievable that we were doing it at the time is that the second Dolph got that concussion it was over for him and it was they Vince never trusted yeah. him ever again so uh, John Cena won Money in the Bank in 2012. Do you remember that? Don't I don't remember. Do no. not remember it either. Uh, Damian Sandow. Can we, a, can we give a caveat here? We should give the caveat that we're not the biggest fans of this right, company. Right, right, right. But other still. people might have better recollections of these. But what I can tell you accurately is 
now we're into years where we had this show. <laughs> right. We were watching everything and doing this show. And we're watch we're watching everything and analyzing it and taking it all seriously, even if we didn't necessarily enjoy all these eras. Of right. Comics. And if we don't remember any part of it, or there might be parts that I remember, but like we're trying to say, is this like the mo okay, here you go. Yeah. Now we're off to the races. Correct. Damien Sandow, twenty thirteen. Uh I I very much remember him having it, but it didn't do anything for him. No. Uh, Randy Orton, 2013. Now, this one is pretty memorable because obviously he cashes in on, on Daniel Bryan at, at SummerSlam, starts the whole authority angle and stuff, turns heel in the process. I, I'd say that one was pretty memorable. They used that one as a storyline igniter, but he didn't need it. Right. He was Randy Orton. Uh, the modern one that I would say people point to, and rightfully so, Seth Rollins, 2014. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of, the, one, of, one of the best ever. One of the best ever. Exactly one how you ever, do this gimmick. Yeah. Yes, and it was one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. And, it, yeah, that one was a runaway success, yeah. Uh, the other year, the next year, Sheamus won it. Did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, 2016, right. Dean Ambrose won it. Held the contract for 57 minutes. So he did very similar to what Liv did. Uh, won the yeah. contract earlier in the night and then cashed in. You remember that match? No. And that moment? No. No, who'd he cash on? Uh, he cashed in on, of course, I know this off the top of my head. Rock, I want to say it was Seth. Uh, he did. He cashed in on Seth. Seth beat Roman, oh. and then he cashed in on Seth. Ah. Who sure could forget Money in the Bank 2016? Yeah. I'm sure we have an extensive review of it in our archives that you can go listen to. All right. First thing I'm going to do is watch that classic. <laughs> right, on the, on the Peacock, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you could find it on the Peacock. It. it was season nine, episode yeah. one of yeah. <laughs> Money in the Bank. Yeah. Get right on it. Uh, his music with his Bama Bangs haircut <laughs> oh fucking Dean Ambrose oh god uh, 2017 Carmella oh well fucking the, the chin guy so you do remember that you do remember Ellsworth. I gotta say yeah. you know what I'm gonna call that one a success because she's <laughs> That elevated It did her. make her, yeah, because then she ch faced Charlotte and stuff. Like, that That did make her. And she's still kind of on that level where she's a challenger for the title right, now and then. Right, right, right. I agree. Because, like, earlier, like, on this Money in the Bank, they mentioned that she was a previous SmackDown champion. Yeah. So that one did. I'm with you. The, the Carmella one did do it. Uh, one that didn't do it in 2017, Baron Corbin. Do you remember the Baron Corbin unsuccessful oh, no. cash-in? No, no, I do not. Yeah, no. I do not either. Um, 2018, Alexa Bliss. I don't remember it. Um, I, I would say that wasn't. I don't know. I don't think, it, <laughs> I don't think her career is in any kind of a different place, whether she won that or not. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Braun Strowman. Uh, he cashed in Obviously, by yeah. saying that he's going to face Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell, and then they went to a no contest, and then they got, they got the contract off. Do you remember that? You don't remember? I remember that yeah. just because we were like, come on. Because they didn't – that was during the Roman train. I think that's when we made a lot – the peak amount of Roman yes. train noises. Because we said they kind of, like, made a dude in Braun. Like, they kind of got a guy. They made him into something. He went, I'm going to face Roman at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> His, like, voice or whatever. And then they didn't want Roman to lose, and they didn't want to give Strowman the title, so they just made it a no contest. And then Braun just went and did something else. Well, now he's facing Austin Aries in a barn in Georgia, so I would say that it wasn't <laughs> it successful. It did not work. No. It did not work well for him. Now uh, he's in a booth. Now he's now he's now fans <laughs> are paying fifty bucks to yell at him in a booth. Right. So to I, call I, him I a boomer. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, Bailey, 2019. It's Bailey. I don't remember her. With she uh, cashed in on Charlotte Flair. It's now, see, Bailey. you're gonna get see now. These are, these are good examples of ones where you're gonna get different opinions from WWE right, fans. Right, they're gonna right. be like, "That was great! Oh my god!" And they're gonna remember all this bullshit. And it's like, it didn't do anything though. Like it didn't help Bailey at all. Like Bailey was the same level of star before and after. Right. And it wasn't memorable. Uh, Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank in 2019. Well, yeah, he just crashed the match, right? That was the <laughs> yes. one where. He- <laughs> I remember it was that. awesome, yeah, because it was all these dorks. It was like, yeah. uh, I'm looking at it. Okay, it was Ali, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, Ricochet, and then like, he just came out yeah, and just yeah. beat everyone's ass and took the briefcase. Like, and what was what was great about that one is unlike Theory, who was in the whole match, Brock just showed up at the end. Yeah, he just showed remember? up and took the briefcase, and everyone was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to tell him he can't have it, so then he just had it. Yeah. Who was the geek at the top of the ladder who instead of Ali, grabbing... Ali, I remember vividly yeah. Ali just like stared. He was, he could have just easily reached up and got it, but then played and he just stared. Like while that, he could have just took the, the, the belt down right. while the music was playing, but he was staring, you know, cause they tell, this is where they tell stories. Yeah, they tell stories, yeah. Great story. <laughs> that oh, story guy, rocked. Yeah, that story. The guy just being a fucking idiot and not pulling the belt down. That's the story. Right. They um, yeah, but no, I remember that cash in yeah. uh, or that victory vividly. Yes, obviously. Uh, Asuka 2020. Well, now we're this was the pandemic on top of Titan Towers. Yes. Right. Her and Otis. We can lump him in. Um, no, these were obviously awful failures. I mean, Asuka cashed in the next day because Becky was pregnant. Like, she didn't even have to win a match. Uh, I think uh, the gimmick was that she, um, Becky said, oh, actually, in the briefcase is the title, not the title right. or something. Yeah. Right, right, right. And Otis, we all know how that went. <laughs> yeah, so. The Otis one did not go well. Uh, he lost the contract to The Miz. Uh, the Miz uh, defeated Lashley, and then Lashley defeated him, like, a day later. So, yeah, didn't do anything for him. 2021, last year, Joe. Remember these two? We had conversations about both these. Nikki A.S.H. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come well. on. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, yeah. Get out of here. Waste of everyone's time. Yeah. And then Big E, which we again at the time said, reel it in, pump the brakes, be careful. Yeah. And we were this, right. It's, it started off so well and went downhill immediately. Um, you know, so unfortunately but yeah and that's it so that's the history so like yeah what, what do we have like four or five half that a were, dozen yeah that, that were transformative ones like the brock lesnar one we yeah. remembered but it was fucking brock lesnar he didn't he didn't need it randy orton as you mentioned was an interesting one but he didn't need it like people that needed it what are we we're at edge three or four carmella punk punk the miz like we're, we're it's very very yeah, few like four actually, like four yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, where, where they needed it and it helped them and it elevated right 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 and, it, and it's not like carmella is a fucking top of the line star she <laughs> right, just got right. she got moved up from non-entity to mid carter right so, so yeah that's all i'm saying like it, it's in the moment it feels very exciting and it feels like a uh oh my god here we go this is the beginning but yeah it, you know history has not shown that to be true okay so i think i was tough but fair on Liv, would you agree? Uh, yeah, I think Liv, there's a desire so for her to take? get better. I, I think she has tried really hard to get better. I think she is slightly better than she was when she came in. But I don't know that. I, don't, I mean, there's nothing that I that that's. I've not seen anything from her that says she's a transformative person in this company. I, I, I there's nothing I've seen yet 
this could be the jump off moment. It could be, but yeah, I, I, I have certainly not seen it just yet with, with her. So I don't know. Do you it, see, do you see megastar there? No, I do not. I really don't. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. don't. I see good at like maybe this, and this might be her Carmella moment where she's now elevated to being a, a person that you can go to, that you can give title shots to, that you can't. But like, yeah, the idea that now she's gonna you know main event of WrestleMania. I just I don't see that at all. I, I just don't. She I, doesn't pop for me. She no, 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 no. She's it, not on that level. I just don't now, now. And again, I'm highly skeptical that this is also an honest effort. I really am. I think I saw a theory, no pun intended, but I saw a theory that because they know that Liv is very popular among a certain segment of the fan base and that this would get over well. And they knew that they were going to screw everybody later with the theory thing by putting them in the match and disappointing people with the heel winning and all of that. Right, right. That's kind of why they did the thing with Liv. And that makes a ton of sense when you see how over the top they made Cole and um, and and McAfee react. It really does make a ton of sense. Um, but again, I mean, she main evented one of the worst Raw third hours ever, like on record. That might still be the all-time low for a Raw that wasn't a holiday, the point three five. Yeah. Because that was just this past December. I don't think they've gone lower than that since. Um, I could be wrong, but that's one of the worst Raws ever, and it was her main event that just completely bombed. Heyman tried to get behind Liv Morgan, and it didn't really take. Now, that might not be entirely fair because Heyman wasn't given the proper time to get any of those people over before the rug was yanked out from under him. So who knows? Um, all I'm saying is previous attempts, uh, whatever weight you want to put in, haven't really worked out to make this person a big star. This is the latest. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm not seeing it. And here's my hot take, man. If I had to bet on either Liv Morgan or theory becoming a big star in this company, all of my money's on theory. What are we doing here? And, and I don't even think theory is any kind of lock. Believe me. Believe me, I don't think theory is any kind of lock. But if 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 I got <laughs> there's gonna be a lot more effort in making theory a star than absolutely, be a and star. Yeah. there's gonna be way more effort put into theory number one, and that's the most important thing. The number one factor is is fucking Vince behind you, and we know he's behind theory. And the other thing is, look at him; he's everything Vince wants. And if theory ever figures it out, he's going to be a big star. The question is, will he figure it out? That I'm highly skeptical of. I was moderately high on him in NXT because I thought his work was really improving. He was he was hit or miss and evolved, but he was a kid. He was 19, 20 years old. And he was really he was good for his age, but you know, he had those he was spotty with his performances. Um but I thought NXT was really hitting his stride. Now, when I watch Theory work, there's something missing. There's something missing with his work. He's getting better projecting himself. He's getting better talking. Um, I don't know if he can cut a babyface promo, and he's going to have to because eventually the idea would, is he would be a babyface. Um, does he come across well as a smug, annoying heel? Yes. But the future would be as a big-time babyface, and I don't know if he could do that yet. Uh, so, again, I don't want people to misrepresent what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that theory is a lock to become a big star. I'm not telling you that I think that theory is going to work. What I'm telling you is if I had to bet on one or the other, though, I, I, I it, without any thought, 
I'm more confident in theory getting there than Liv Morgan. And coming out of this pay-per-view, you would think that it's like the total, like everyone seems to think Liv is like this sure thing and theory is the huge mistake. And I don't know. I, I You know, right now, it's like theory's not even close, but I think he has a better shot. If we're talking real star, not what the fans call a star, I'm talking about real stars. I think theory has a better shot long-term yeah and i think another thing that you can do is and, and and this is a very effective way to look at it and i know it's wwe and 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 wins and losses don't matter as much as it probably should but look at the booking of theory leading up to this show and look at the booking of Liv morgan leading up to the show and and and, yes. and and look at the very clear differences in theory winning a lot of his matches winning the u.s title uh losing to cody rhodes by dq you know what i mean they protected him against cody rhodes by DQ, beating Ali, beating Ali, losing the title to Lashley, but everybody knew when that title loss happened to Lashley that that was like the elevation. We, we said it. That's the elevation. You, you know, yeah. the, when he loses that match earlier in the everybody at Money in the Bank earlier in the night knows, okay, now, you know what I mean? Like, we knew that, okay, this guy well, is last, moving up. Okay, like, I, what we said last week was they'll probably lose to Lashley because they want to put him in there with Cena, and you don't have to worry exactly. about the U.S. Right, title. Right. But, but it looks like instead... We were caught, we were on the right track. The reason he lost to Lashley was to win the Money in the Bank. Right, right, right. He might still Instead face Cena too, but yeah, now he's right. gonna have the Money in the Bank as, right. as so well. So we we were we were on the right track with it though. Like we we spotted that one a mile away because that's classic WWE booking. Like Lashley won that match and won the title, but the real winner there was Theory. Like Lashley's in the same spot that he's always gonna be in, upper mid card guy, you know. But that that clears up Theory to do all sorts of other interesting right, things. Right, right, right. And and, yeah. and the booking led that way. He's been winning a lot, so that made all the sense in the world. Liv Morgan lost a Raw Women's Title number one contendership match to Carmella, like three weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like lost matches to Rhea Ripley recently. You know, lost exchanging wins back and forth with Alexa Bliss. Like you know, we said oh, that with Big E at the now, time man. too. Come on now. This is the company that tells good stories. Right, right. <laughs> we, we had this. I feel like we could just let, let's just what we should do after the show, Joe, is you and I can record a, a, a basic generic. We can enter the names later, but uh, record a basic generic. Look at the booking leading into Money in the Bank to decide if this Money in the Bank cash and even it means something or not. Because we said the exact same thing about Big E. We said the exact same thing about when Big E actually cashed in the Money in the Bank. Is that like? Eh, just look at the booking, you know, what I mean? like the booking usually the booking tells you never what they lies. think. Yeah. And even in this the... company where a lot of times they don't care, they can tell, they'll tell you when they care. <laughs> they'll yes. show you when they care, when they care is what they do things like they did with theory. That's why they care when they don't care. And they don't have long thoughts is what they do with something with the Liv Morgan, where they woke up that morning and said, ha, fuck, we're going to have theory win. People are going to go home unhappy. Let's give them the live moment. Like that, I, I truly believe that that's probably what happened. That it was probably a twenty-four hour, forty-eight hour decision or whatever. Whereas this theory thing is clearly they were building this up for for a while, and this was the eventual plan that they were going to get to, whatever it was going to be. And that's you can tell that the booking always shows you that the booking showed us last year that they didn't have confidence in Biggie, that they didn't think Biggie was a bona fide star, and that despite doing the one night big pop and he's going to cash in or whatever, that they didn't see he was a big star. The booking has showed us that they think there is a star. The booking has showed us they don't think Liv is a star. Will that change after this week? I can't tell you. We'll see. But like you said, I'm certainly not betting on it. Right. I'm highly skeptical that this is a real Liv Morgan push. This company has to prove to me that it is. 
And how many times are we going to have the same conversation <laughs> every time they do this? Turning into and people skull never and learn. bones. I'm waiting. For them to... yeah. we, have a, we, we have a much better chance of seeing a series of make-it-make-sense tweets regarding Liv. <laughs> right, Liv in a pile crying when Charlotte <laughs> beats her for the title. You know. Liv tapping out to the figure eight. Right, make and it then, make sense. And then, yeah. and then Ryan Satin tweeting, make it make sense. That, <laughs> where, that's how this ends. Not with Liv main eventing WrestleMania. And I don't understand why these people never learn. But on the whole, it's like, to WWE fans, none of this shit matters because they think this was fucking great. To them, because they've taught these fans that it's the moments that matter. Liv got the moment. Liv goes on the bump with her little title belt. Big smile on her face. It seems to mean a lot to her. Rich, long gone are the days of Jake the Snake Roberts lobbying to not win the <laughs> right. title. I don't want to carry the title. Carry around. <laughs> right. right? Now these people think it's a real accomplishment. Right, and look, I'm right, not right. knocking them. It's just a different mindset with a lot of wrestlers now. This means a lot to her. Okay? And so I'm not shitting on that. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a lot different than it used to be where they didn't give a shit whether they won titles or not. Well, some guys were more yeah, – yeah, there were different personalities and whatnot. But for the most part, it was just, you know, how much are you paying me? Am I working on top? You know, the title is, you know, a prop. But, uh, you know, you know, it's uh, you know, we're more likely to see that kind of ending to this. And, and we've we've done these shows before where we're like, we know people are going to be mad at us. And then we end up being right. And not because we want to be. Nobody wanted Big E to work more than this show. Oh, my God. Least. Yeah. We've been saying it for okay. the, be, as far as long as this show existed. We said push Big E when Dolph Ziggler had the fucking briefcase. Remember, he was walking around with Big E at the time. And we had shows where I said, God damn, that's the guy. That's the star. Dolph's well, we cool and all, but that's the dude. Like well, We've got to be realistic and pragmatic about it. Yeah. I, the booking doesn't lie. This was not a great buildup to her winning it, but it doesn't matter because you just give these people this – that Garrett Kidney thread about the money in the bank cash in and the live thing was perfect. Um, it was just pitch perfect. Let me see if I did. You read that, Garrett? I don't know Twitter? if I did. Yeah, I don't know. But Garrett, Garrett rarely you're misses. You're not a big so Twitter guy anymore. And you, like you, me, I check Twitter twice a day to keep up with the news. You, you don't even look. I'm at out. It, so. I'm zero sum at this point, which is fantastic. Uh, yes, I know because you don't plug any of my Patreon stuff. <laughs> I do some. No, that's not true. I, I How many them. things did I write last week? I, uh, I can't got get a on plug. there. Oh, shut up! It's on I there. can't get a plug. Um, hold on. Let me pull up this Garrett Kidney. Uh, all right, I got it right here. I saved the, uh, I'm going to, this is, this is just, but again, this is a, just a product of just different mindsets. So I am stalling because I'm copy pasting <laughs> the link. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's see. Four. <laughs> Nine. Um, very Francesa. All right. Twitter page not found. All right. Great. <laughs> All right. Damn it. Try it again. I'm not trying to search Twitter. I'm 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 trying to just yeah. Let's, I could Google probably find like. it quicker than you. Garrett's got a lot of tweets too. So he has a lot. You've got you to be kidding me. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, great TNA yeah. history show. Those tweet a lot though. Um. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, never mind. I fucked up because I I left the description in there. Okay, here we go. I got it. Right. Got it. Yep. Here's Garrett, and I quote. 
I'll never stop banging the drum that I hate the that WWE uses money in the bank for first-time title wins more often than not these days. But clearly it's not a thing modern fans really care about, and they just want to give their faves to get their moment. It's actually an interesting study of WWE storytelling where somebody's journey to the title isn't really a story that plays on plays out on TV more than it does in fan communities hoping for their fave to get the moment they deserve. So I'll stop there, but there's more. Yeah, and that's he's great. dead on right. Mm-hmm. It's it's they don't tell good stories to to build up to the title win. They just randomly give you a random moment because as you laid out, her booking has not been good. She hasn't been booked like a right, star. Right. And it's easy. It, all you have to do is, you know, five months ago when you're talking about Money in the Bank, say, all right, Liv's going to win our Money in the Bank. Let's tell the story from here to Money in the Bank. They, they didn't do that. Yeah. And Garrett makes a good point. It's the fan communities that do their own headcanon with these things and, and want to see these people. Um, but anyway, I'll continue with, uh, with Garrett here. He makes other good points. I had this eureka moment when Kevin Owens had the world title handed to him on a silver platter as a heel by Triple H. And the crowd chanted, you deserve it, oh in response. Do you, do you remember that? Do you remember the show we did after that? Oh, my God. The Triple H pedigree of it said, Pit him. And Kevin Owens went, okay. And then people said, you deserve it. We were like, oh, my God. We're broken. It's over. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great and show. We buried the fans for pre- – like, on Twitter, oh, this is such a great – he's a heel. <laughs> he got it in the most cowardly way possible. So, anyway, Garrett finishes that tweet by saying, the modern WWE fan doesn't particularly care about the stories or the characters – they just like the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. And that's why it's a total farce. Rich, it's a farce that this is the storytelling company. They don't tell stories in this company. It's just on to the next moment. They didn't tell a story yeah, they with create, They create moments. They tell. They they do moments. They're in a moment creation business. They're in a content and moment creation business. They're not in a but story business. But they have business. fooled their fans into thinking that live cashing in, which is a heel move, by the way. Liv cashed in on an injured, <laughs> tired Ronda Rousey. He kicked her in the knee and rolled her ass up. Rich, that's a terrible story. <laughs> but they have convinced their fans that these are good stories. It's wild. Okay? But again, like Garrett says, these fans don't care about stories or characters. They just like the people. They like Liv. They like you only live once, and they're happy for her. That's what this is. And Rich, that's why I don't think she she's she goes any higher than this. So anyway, Garrett goes on, which there's nothing particularly wrong with. It's just funny that WWE pretends to be we make movies storytelling company when the audience clearly doesn't actually care about their stories. Yeah, right on. Not only does WWE TV not matter, it's not even meant to. It's not meant to build to anything or go anywhere. It's meant to fulfill contractual content hours to kill time until they arbitrarily decide who to give the next moment, trademark, to next. There is no incentive for them to do otherwise. End thread. That's just brilliant. That's brilliant stuff. He's dead on with every single point he makes in that thread. And it's all the stuff that we've been preaching. And he just is clearly... Uh, better with his words than we are because he he just makes those points in four threads right. and four in four tweets. We're, we're, we're twenty five minutes in, in four paragraphs. He he did did it exactly. Yeah. yeah, he nailed it. That's that's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's and, great. And everything he says is correct. These aren't good stories, but they don't have to be because WWE fans don't give a fuck about. But the thing is, they think that they're great stories, right. and they'll go on and on about how AEW and New Japan don't tell stories when. 
they have been fooled into thinking these are good stories. Liv Morgan loses all of her matches and then cashes in in a cowardly fashion. And we're praising this as a good story. No, it's a terrible story. But they know you're going to pop for the moment. And they know you like the person behind it. So, and then, I don't and then know. inevitably, we'll do the same thing we always do make it make sense, and then on yep. to the next moment. Yep. And then two months later, a new moment will be created for a new person, and then we do yep. the same thing over and over again. Yeah, we'll do it for Montez Ford in a year, and we'll do it for, you know, we'll go right down the line. And, and, and it never stops. You know, it's, uh, you know, on to the next one. Yeah. Absolutely right. So, uh, no, I am not buying into this Liv Morgan thing. <laughs> yeah, you're not buying WrestleMania main event or Liv Morgan stock. And and honestly, Rich, I'm not even convinced it would work if they gave her a right. genuine push. And that's the part that may make people upset. Although I suspect the people that would be upset by that are never going to listen to this. Probably not listening to this show. I, or they're hate listening. And hello, thank you for hate listening to us. Right. But I mean, I, I, I'm not even confident that if they gave her an honest try, because I kind of think she's at her level. I That's kind of, you know, where I see her. And, and again... She seems very likable. I don't have any beef with her. I mean, you know, she I could see why people attach to her personality and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, I, I it's uh, and it really, you know, and, and I mean, geez, I mean, she cries every 13 seconds. So, you know, all this stuff means something to her. Yeah, uh, she was crying I mean, as the match started. And that's how I mean, if you didn't that know that off, Morgan was yeah. going to win this match, the bell rang and she was crying. And I was like, all right, She's, well, <laughs> that's the end of that. She was <laughs> crying coming down for the money in the bank <laughs> right, match. Right, like I we know. all knew at that point she's going to win money. I yeah. went in our voice wrestling slack and I was like, oh, she's going to win. She's crying before she even gets down to the ring. She was crying before the Becky main event on Raw that I talked about, which bombed. She cried a thousand times. So it, she clearly cares about this shit, and it means something to her. Um, you know, more so than the, the cynical Jake Roberts people of the past who didn't give a fuck. And she wants it, but, um, you know, I don't know. But uh, I guess we should break down this pay-per-view. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So. Let's talk about some of the matches here uh, real quick. Uh, we'll start with that match. That was the opener. The women's Money in the Bank match it was Liv Morgan, obviously. Uh, winning the briefcase, uh, defeating Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shotzi. Uh, there was a lot of spots in this match, but it really, 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 really just felt like a collection of spots to me. I I don't know. I saw some people really, really like this match. I think there was some really cool stuff in it, but I don't know. It was a connective tissue match. I, I don't know that there was a whole lot of it. This match fucking stunk. Yeah, it was just... I mean, there were blown spots left and right. Shotzi was so bad in this match that she got harassed off of Twitter, which is a fuck, which is a joke. I mean, I, I mean, I know she was bad in the match, but to get run off of Twitter, to you know, to the point where she's probably sitting home depressed because people are getting on her case. I mean, that's a little much. All she did was fall off a ladder. Can we, you know, can we? Yeah, calm oh, down? she wasn't that bad. Yeah, she didn't like ruin the match for me. I mean, she was, she was just as sloppy as everybody. I mean, everybody in this match was, had their. This match was atrocious. This match was terrible. I mean. This it was, was just... really ambitious. I'll give them that. They tried a lot of stuff, but that's not always good. I don't always have to give credit for ambition. You know what I mean? But ambition, but again, especially when you don't another... do ambition properly, it doesn't, you know, you don't get credit for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is another example. I can try to dunk of... a basketball, but I'm going to probably miss every time, so I should stop doing that, you know? This is another great example of the WWE audience being so much different than the rest of the pro wrestling audience because – they chanted, this is awesome during this match. Like, that audience doesn't care that people are slipping off of ladders and botching left and right and screwing up spots and, you know, almost killing each other because nobody can complete. I mean, there was a run there five or six minutes in this match where just nothing went right for, like, five straight minutes. 
But because there's a lot of people crashing through tables and falling off of high things, WWE fans are chanting, this is awesome at this. I mean, the the 2 million or so people that are still watching this company, they know how to service these people with these moments and with matches like this that are just car crashes that, you know, they're not watching it with a technical eye. But this was a really hard-to-watch match, but it's the perfect example of the disconnect between fans like us and fans like the people in that building because those people thought this match yeah. and, mm-hmm. and this show ruled. And this was a very average pro wrestling show at best. It wasn't a terrible show, but it wasn't a good show by any means. But hardcore WWE fans think this show was great. And we'll get to why later on with some of the other matches. But this right, match was right, awful, right. and it's getting this is awesome chance. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Anyway. Uh, so live on that one, of course. I'll move on to the U.S. title match. Bobby Lashley defeats Theory. Just a, a, like aggressively TV match here. This was nothing at all. I, That's I, all I, it was. I have nothing to add. Yeah, yeah, nothing to add. Theory's really good at doing side headlocks to the hard cam, and, and uh, Lashley got his win. And It was 11 minutes, and I'll never, ever think about it ever again. Moving on, Bianca Belair defeating Carmella to retain the Raw Women's title. Uh, this was pretty bad, too. Yeah, Bianca's great, but uh, Carmella... Seems nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no thoughts on this. It's just a nothing match. The, these nothing. were two nothing matches. They were just these were just two star TV matches. You're right, they were TV matches for there sure. You. Just to move on to the show. Then we had a match that I think is going to be very interesting to talk about here: Raw Tag Team Titles, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The Usos have both, and they are defending both of them against the Street Profits. Currently, right now, on Cage Match, it has an eight point one four on Cage Match. I don't know. The Observer okay. is not out yet, so we don't have the Observer rating on this. Uh, right. Joe, is this where I tell you that I thought this was a very good four-star match? I don't know, three and three-quarters? I mean, you wouldn't be far off from the cage match rating, yeah. which is like a four, right? I mean, there's people calling this match of the year. There's people calling this the greatest tag team match they've ever seen. And I'm not people, making any of and, and, Joe, there are people I trusted that said that. Like, people that I've yeah. not even – like, I'm not just saying, like, you're, you're normal. Like, you're, there, there's yeah. weirdos that say that about stuff. And I'm like, all right, this guy's lying. There's people that I trust that said this. So when this match came on, I was, like, slapping my hands together. Like, let's go. Let's do this. And then it was over. And I was like, yes. There was people good. who were immediate. <laughs> there were people immediately tagging Meltzer or telling him he better give it five stars. This was – and I mean, this isn't just me doing a bit. Yeah, I don't want to piss in cornflakes either. I, I said this in real time. You saw it in our Slack. Halfway through this match, I'm like, this match sucks. There's nothing happening. It's lazy. The crowd's not into it. Then Montez Ford does one really beautiful dive. And they have a moderately decent closing stretch. And all of a sudden, people are calling this a five-star match. Rich, I honest to God would call this a three-and-a-quarter star match forgettable nothing i mean this isn't one of the 200 best matches i've seen this year i can confidently say yeah, that. I, I, this is gonna sound really gatekeepy but if this is your match of the year you need to watch more wrestling it's, it's oh my god i could say it. i feel that's a horrible thing to say like a really gatekeepy thing but i mean seriously when it was over i was like the people that think this is like one of the like i got some wrestling to show these people if they if they like this if this is the style of match that you like and you thought was great Boy, do I have matches for you. I got some things for you. So uh, feel free to uh, to reach out to us because I can send you guys some stuff if you thought this was your I match mean, of the year. I mean, even the story they were telling didn't work for the crowd because the, the whole idea of this match was the Usos 
working over the street profits and giving them nothing and right. getting heat. But it didn't get any heat. Like no one cared about this this dominant control segment that lasted for eight thousand years. Seemingly, the crowd was dead, dead for the USO control segment, which wasn't interesting at all. And was it, was it took up like it took up like eighteen minutes of the match. Like that's the other thing too that I, I I'm. I'm at probably at the exact same point where you are, where this match is going on. I'm like, all right, when does this become like a match of the year contender? Like, it w- I thought, Rich, I genuinely thought someone was injured. That's how bad this match was until the closing stretch. Yeah, I think it was around was, 14 or 15 minutes. That was just nothing, man, nothing. I was like, did someone twist an ankle? Did someone pull a hamstring? Are they intentionally like, what's happening here? And then I, I figured it out. I'm like, all right, well, they're just it's just a heat segment, an endless heat segment that isn't working for anyone. Like no one was rallying behind Street Profits to no, it was just dead. Then Ford does a gorgeous dive over the corn over the turnbuckle post. Okay. And they do their little closing stretch for like nine seconds. And he's great, by the way. He he's he's great. The guy should be a star, and and he never will be because of everything we just talked about. But the guy should be a star. And then they do the finish where the shoulder's up to set up the rematch. All right, whatever. Um, you know, but it's like at the end of this, I'm I'm thinking, all right, this went from like a two-star match to like a three-star match. And then I go on Twitter and people are adding Dave Meltzer to where you better give it five stars. If this is in the Tokyo Dome, you'd give it five. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. I've easily seen Rich of oh, Jesus Christ. 90% of the uh, uh, the impact against all odds was better than this. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what are we doing? That was going to be my hot take is that there was a better match that weekend. Blew it away. Blew it away. This was this would be the like the ninth best match on Forbidden Door. Am I lying? <sighs> no. The only match on Forbidden Door this was maybe better than was Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. And I'm not even sure about that. And I, and and it wasn't even as good as at least two of the pre-show matches on Forbidden Door. There is no way on earth that this was a better match than Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Kanemaru and Despy. Not a fucking chance. I won't even accept the debate. Th- that blew this away. This was like the ninth or tenth best match on Forbidden Door. I couldn't believe what people were saying about this match, but I have a theory. Uh, oh, real, real quickly, one thing before we do that. Grapple. I uh, open up the Grapple app. 3.89 on Grapple. So Cage Match and Grapple are with us more so than the other people that we saw, the crazies that we saw. I don't even want – listen, I won't even kill you if you want to give it four for the dive and the excitement. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think I'm like three and three quarters and four. I, I, I thought the last portion of the match was, was solid as hell. I mean, I'll disagree with you, but I don't think you're insane. You're insane if you think this is a five-star match and the best tag team match you've ever seen. Things that real people are saying. That's insane. That's crazy talk. I don't have a problem with that grapple rating, 3.89. That's like right between where me and you are or whatever, or right where you are. That's fair. And that gives me hope that it's just like, that. that's why I have the following theory. All right, what do you got? These WWE fans, they don't see great matches. So if they get anything that even sniffs a great match, they think, like, 
you know, because how often do they see great matches? Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of said it earlier that if you think this is great, you need to watch more wrestling. And I, uh, again, I hate to say that, but yeah, it's kind of the same theory you're saying. If, if if this is all you watch and you don't open your mind to anything else and don't watch other, and it's not even an AEW thing, like Japan, Indies, Impact, <laughs> you know what I mean? Ring of Honor, like, like, dude, okay. FTR and the Briscoes, like how, what was that, three months ago? Yeah. Not even the universe, not even the galaxy. Are you kidding no. me? Are you fucking serious? It's not even close. Like, not even even. Come like, on. I'm not even saying it's, even if you fucking despise AEW, hate AEW, great. Never watch AEW. AEW sucks. Whatever. Watch FTR and the Briscoes from Ring of Honor. Like, yeah, yeah, different stratosphere than this match. I, uh, yeah, just come on. And, and here's the second part of my theory: the Usos Young Bucks Culture War. Oh God, yeah. So if the Usos are in a match, you can't give in to your culture war and ever say it's not a great match. And if it's even good, it automatically has to be great because you're trying to keep up with the Young Bucks in the culture war. So you can't give an inch and you're going to overrate anything they do, which this is like the most – this is probably to me the most overrated match I've seen I can't think of the last time I thought a match was as overrated as this one where I can't even see why someone would think this is a five-star match. I cannot understand why you would even think that there's been other matches where people thought they were great. And I can at least understand why they thought they were great. All right. I see why you think it's great. I disagree, but you make some good. There's no way (laughs) I can ever accept that this, Rich, this match will not finish anywhere near the top of our match at your God, no. It will not. Nowhere close. Nowhere close. It'll have, like, three first-place votes and, like, not six, even. six, like, other random. No, no. I, there will be. I promise you there will be somebody that, that will do it. I, 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 I have a feeling there's going to be a few. But we'll, we'll see at the end of the year. I have a feeling there'll be, like, a couple people that have it as their one one match. Like, four or five people will have it as, like, their number seven. And then, like, one other person will have it as their number ten. And it'll finish, like... I, I, 50 All right. or something like that. <laughs> I disagree. I think this is Sadness Village. I think this gets like two 10th place votes and no one remembers it at the end of the year. I, I, I think this is a product of what I just said. This is Uso Young Bucks Culture War. I think the grapple rating and the cage match rating tell the story here that it's just this is this is a I think we're overreacting to a small segment. It must be, yeah. Our, our, we, we do not have perfectly curated timelines anymore. I think that's – and I think because I, – I, no, no. A match that gets under four on grapple is not getting any <laughs> – I can't see it make it doing any serious damage in a credible match in the ear bowl. It just can't. I mean, fuck, man. I'm not trying to be edgy. This was like the 10th best match at Forbidden Door at best. At best. And the four-way had a fucked-up finish. I mean, I, I don't know. I th- This one was baffling. But again, I think we may be overreacting to just, you know, 14-year-old kids tweeting at Meltzer. Could that be it? I I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah, I uh, I was – to say I was disappointed was an understatement. I, I didn't watch live, and that made it even worse because I was like, man, all right, here we go. I was excited for, like, a really, really, really good match because I love the Street Profits. And, and I, I like the Uso, so I was like, hell, yeah, here we go. And, yeah, I was done. And I was like – that's it? <laughs> that's that's the match? Like, that's our match of the year? Like, oh boy, all right. Well, I, it was one of those things where I'm like, do I just not, like, can I not feel anymore? I thought I was the weird one, yeah. but then I went on cage match, and I went on grapple. I was like, no, 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 more people feel what I feel than 
because uh, there's sometimes like it was the Cody Rhodes uh, uh, Seth Rollins matches uh, from Mania. The, that was the one I think, and then the, the other one they had. What was the fo- Hell in a Cell, right? It now pre- Hell in a Cell, you felt like there was no way you couldn't feel that match because of the Cody thing. But like the WrestleMania match, I don't know, dude. I was just it was done. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I see, and I loved that. I loved all three of them. Yeah, I, I just and that's when I thought, you know what? Maybe it's just n- I will never feel a WWE <laughs> match ever again uh, if those didn't land for me. But um, um. Yes, this was not the, the best example. So, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Not just me. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Natalia Smackdown Women's title. This? Oh, boy. <laughs> Ronda, Ronda stinks. Natalia ain't much better, so I don't know what we're doing here anymore. But um Yeah, this was no good. <laughs> this is why it's like this is again another another the theme I'm hammering on here is WWE fans are just different because they thought this was They a thought great this show. was good. No, they didn't. No, they thought this was a great show. Oh. Whew. And there's like nothing on this show that was you know what I mean? Like they think that tag was a five star match and they think the live thing was like some transcendent moment. So this was a great show. Yeah. You know, and they, and obviously they love the money, the, the ladder matches. I haven't seen a ton of praise for these other nothing singles matches, but I mean, this is a great show. After Forbidden Door was last week, this <laughs> yeah, is a great right. show. Like, like what the fuck are we doing? Just happened like two weeks, like two weeks ago, guys. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this was a nothing happened to match. Ronda Rousey won. Uh, afterwards, Liv Morgan cashes in in the most awkward way possible. She runs in. Ronda Rousey puts her in the ankle. Like I was just hoping Liv tapped out immediately. That would have rocked. Yeah, she runs in. Liv Morgan is cashing in her body at the bank. And the Ronda just puts her in an ankle. She just taps. Get out of my fucking ring. They would have done that with Brock, which would have been great. But they don't. Uh, they haven't gone all the way with Ronda this, this last run. So uh, then they Liv weirdly kicks Ronda in the knee and then rolls her up really poorly. And then one, two, three, and it's over. And Liv is a star again. Uh, there you go. And then the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Theory, Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss, almost Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, and Sheamus. Theory gets the win. He is added to the match uh, at the beginning. Adam Pierce comes out and says, ah, Vegas, throwing my chips in, going all in, whatever the hell. I forget he made a bunch of casino references. And then Theory came out, and then Theory ended up winning the match. Um, I don't know. What do you want me to I mean, say? What do you want me to say about this match, Joe? What, what do I? How do I say something about this match? I thought. I thought. <laughs> trying to ignore the fact that we're completely over these kinds of matches, I thought it was pretty good. I probably would have liked it a lot if I wasn't completely over these kind of matches. The, the, a major problem was once they brought Theory out, everyone knows he's winning. You're not going to bring Theory into the match and then have him lose like a geek. Right. So th- there was no drama. Because as soon as Theory got sent into the match, he's winning. So you're just waiting for the moments where Theory is climbing to pay attention. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought everybody worked hard. And if I liked 
if I still enjoyed this kind of match, right then I there. Jesus Christ, you all right? I'm burping over here. Yeah, I'm trying to chug this because, well, I'm not gonna anyway. If I still enjoyed this kind of match, I, I probably would have liked this more. But it, it was it was fine for WWE. Are player. you looking to make a can empty at some point? Mm-hmm. In the near future, you can just go. Yes, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you just say, "Rich, I'll be back." <laughs> but. Uh, All right. Well, in that case, Rich, I'll be back. There you go. All right. I will. I will put over very quickly. Yeah, so Joe doesn't have to piss into a can and chug a soda on the air, so that he could piss into a can, um, which is what he's doing, by the way, which is absolutely hideous. But um, no, I will say that everybody I thought did work hard in this match. It's just I am. I, I'm the wrong person to review a Money in the Bank ladder match or any sort of plunder match. Uh, but I did think Riddle was. Great. I thought Riddle was tremendous in this match. Really, really good. And and they. They've kind of got something with him, and I know that I'm saying this, and I know that it's over to be, and I know they're going to find a way to fuck it up, but they kind of have something in Riddle, and they should really, really, really try to maybe do something with Riddle because they, they've, they've gotten something that the crowd is attached to. He works hard. He's a great worker, all that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, there's some personal things. There's some th- other stuff, but I don't think your, your, your standard WWE fan really is going to give two shits about most of that stuff, for right or wrong, and, and um, that is why, yeah, I, it, they got something there with Riddle, and I, I do... I would like to see them at least make an honest effort uh, to try to do something with him. But I thought Sami Zayn worked his ass off here. Uh, almost looked good. I like the spot where they all put him through the table. That was kind of good. And, uh, yeah, everybody worked hard. But it's like, yeah, I, my, my my mileage on any sort of ladder plunder match, guy going through table, guy going through barricade, guys hitting each other with ladders, I'm, I'm done with all of it. I never need to see another ladder match ever again. I never need to see anybody go through a table ever again. I never need to see guys hitting each other with stuff ever again. But, yeah, I thought Riddle worked hard. Zayn worked really hard in this. Almost was, was was solid. And I thought everybody did bust their ass. But, yeah, it was – once Theory came out, it was pretty much like, all right, well, we know that Theory's winning this match. So how are we going to get there? And, and, well, we got there. So Yeah, pretty much. That is Money in the Bank. Show of the year contender right there. So that's uh, – that is that. All right, let us uh, – you want to talk impact against all odds? Or you want to talk a little bit about our Patreon, which we got a lot of stuff going on there right now. What, what, what do you want to do right now? Uh, we should probably talk Patreon. We Let's do little... that because uh, Patreon has a ton going on. FlagshipPatreon.com, $5, $10 tier, a ton going on. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling as well. Today, uh, you had just posted a Thursday TV review reviewing this week's episode of Dynamite. Uh, you also ate frozen hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin's new frozen hot chocolate. You're you're trying to get to the high of the chocolate culotta, and you'll find out if the frozen hot chocolate gets you there. So, uh, bonus uh, you have a bonus reviewer on that show as well, right? Mystery guest. Yeah, there's a mystery review of a mystery item of a mystery product on that. Oh, show Oh, I as didn't well. know that. Oh, it's a mystery product too. I thought the, the the mystery reviewer just reviewed frozen hot chocolate. That's not the case. No, no, no. The mystery Ooh. reviewer also reviewed their own product that, uh, as well. Wow. Tease, so. tease, tease. There we go. Uh, yes. I wrote this week uh, about uh, a night when wrestling absolutely ruled, July 6, 1998. Goldberg doing the uh, uh, defeating Hulk Hogan on an episode of Monday Nitro, winning the WCW title, keeping his main event or his, his undefeated streak alive. Uh, it's going to play into a new series I have coming out in the next few days as well, a new series on Goldberg's win streak. Uh, we're going to start with this night. We're going to start with July 6, 1998. Uh, we'll get up to this point. We'll talk about all of his wins before. We'll talk about him defeating uh, Gold, uh, Hulk Hogan, and then we'll talk about Goldberg the months after. Uh, and this is going to be a multi-part series similar to the Yes Movement that I did, where uh, it will take place over the next few months. And I'll end in December uh, when, uh, of course, Kevin Nash 
pins and defeats Goldberg to win the title and end the undefeated streak. So we'll see multiple parts. We'll dive in deep. We'll look at some thoughts at the time. We'll 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 we'll, we'll dive in deep. We'll really tell the story, the true story uh, of the Goldberg streak. What happened afterwards? How it all unraveled? All the other stuff. But uh, I'm pretty excited uh, to do that. 173 and one is the uh, episode, uh, the, the name of that uh, that new series. But that'll be at flagship Patreon. I got five dollar tier for all that. Uh, multi-part audio documentary series. We'll have production music and clips and all that other good stuff. So it should be a lot of fun uh, doing that. But uh, you had some write-ups as well over the last week. You want to talk about those? All right. So I did a piece looking at the uh, Mexican excursions of Dragon Gates, La Estrella, and Takuma Fujiwara. That's up right now on the uh, $10 tier. I think this is a key excursion for Estrella. Estrella has been up and down, obviously, in Dragon Gate. Sometimes looks like he doesn't belong. Uh, but yet has some very dynamic flying when he's uh, when he's on his game. So those two guys are in Mexico right now. So I take a look at their excursion to this point, and I also review a bunch of the matches that they've had down in Mexico as well. So uh, that's an interesting piece. I've also started doing a, a new weekly. It's 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 going to. I don't want to promise it's going to be every week, and there there might be some weeks where there's where there's more than one, but. It's uh, it's called random TV reviews where I will do written TV reviews and it and and at completely random whatever I decide to write about that week it'll be anything anything is on the table with the exception of dynamite which will still be done on the Thursday TV reviews on audio but this could be raw this could be MLW Fusion NWA Power NWA USA Impact uh, any other wrestling show that airs anywhere could pop up on this. I've done Rampage a couple weeks in a row. Uh, I've done NWA Power. I've done Impact. So uh, look for those about once a week. Also on the $10 tier, if you like the Thursday TV reviews and like the way I review television, um, you'll probably enjoy those because there's plenty of uh, shenanigans and jokes and, and breaking down the TV. It's done informally. I don't review match by match. I just talk about you know each show, big picture, uh, what I liked and didn't like. So... Uh, look for that about once per week. I've got two of those up now. I put up a new batch of uh, match reviews on uh, about a about a week ago, where I reviewed what I thought was uh, was a surefire. Not enough eyes will see it. If enough eyes saw this match, Rich, this Kevin Blackwood, Jay Freddy match from from Empire. Uh, yeah, I, have, I have it scheduled to watch tomorrow. I cannot wait to watch it tomorrow. Listen, th- look, not enough people are going to see it but a legit match of the year contender. And I knew when Brandon Thurston pushed me to watch it, that it was going to be great because he's not that kind of guy. Like he's not constantly pushing, you know what I mean? He's, he knew it was special is what I'm getting at. And uh, he's like, Hey, you need to watch this match. And he gave me, you know, cause you know, I, I'm a very important person, Rich. So, you know, I got a special advance copy before it dropped on. Oh, IWTV. look at you. Look at you. You know, but it's on IWTV now, but and, and I haven't commentary and all the accoutrements that come with it, but the raw cut that I saw, it was incredible. But uh, that's in my latest batch of match reviews. The other matches are uh, Billy Starks versus Shazza McKenzie versus Dark Sheik from West I, Coast. I take it that Pro. was not as good as uh, Jay Freddie. Not Kenzie a match of the year contender, no. no. Not a match of the year contender. That that match was so bad that the review was so harsh that I had to edit out the meanest parts. I, I felt <laughs> bad about it. Self edited. Yeah. I was like, I can't publish this, even though nothing was false. Like I'm like, this is too mean. 
but um, people are still telling me the review is still too mean. Uh, Tam Nakano versus uh, Natsupoi, the stardom cage match that everybody told me to watch. Well, I watched it, and I reviewed it, and I'm not going to tell you what I thought of it. Did you watch the stardom cage match or no? Uh, I did not. I did not. All right. And then I also, just for shits and giggles, I watched the second stardom cage match, the, the main event of the show as well, and reviewed that. So those four matches are in the latest batch of, uh, of match reviews and uh, Thursday TV reviews every week. That's audio, so that's the $5 tier, of course. Match of the week every week. Also on the five dollar tier, and um, yes, that's what's going on behind the paywall. There's a lot going on on that ten dollar tier, though, because we've we've both got some written pieces up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so uh, a lot of value there. And also, I don't know what's going on with Patreon, but people are telling me that they're doing anniversary billing now. We haven't gotten any notices on this, but other, uh, I know Conrad Thompson was tweeting about it. I know Sean Ross Sapp was tweeting about it. So I don't even know if it's something that we have to do on our end or not. I looked through the settings. I couldn't find anything. I I haven't seen it yet either. And we didn't get any emails. But if it isn't happening yet, it's probably coming. Anniversary billing, meaning if you sign up for the Patreon on the 12th of the month, you will then get billed every 12th of the month instead of then getting billed on the first. Right, which, which, is, will, which is great because it'll it'll prevent our warnings that we've been doing over the last few weeks telling yeah. you don't subscribe on the 29th because you're only going to get two days worth of stuff. Then you can subscribe anytime you want and not have to worry about getting screwed over by only getting two days of content and then getting charged again the next day. So, Right, and it'll it'll help us. It'll help you guys. That's good for everyone because when there's content at the end of the month that you're interested in, you can just subscribe and not worry about getting charged in a couple days later and getting ripped off, which we always try to tell people not to do. But then, you know, if you wait a couple days, you know, then you might not be interested in the content. It's just bad for everyone. So we know that that's coming. It might even be in place now. What we need, Rich, is one, is someone to be a guinea pig, subscribe, and tell us what little message they get when they subscribe. Because under the old method, if you subscribe today on the 7th, you would get a little message that says you're going to get charged again on the first. So I want to know if it's just automatic now with the anniversary billing. It would be nice if Patreon would let us know, but we haven't gotten any notices. Right, and we usually do get a notice. That's why we're I'm, I'm kind of dubious that it's available for us at this point. Yeah. But maybe maybe that's not correct, and actually it is available. So um, someone will have to let us know. Someone that's listening now that, that will newly subscribe to the Patreon, please let us know as soon as you can that if, if it did give you that option to have anniversary billing or, or said you're not going to be billed again until the 12th of the month or whatever. So, yeah, that'll be nice to know. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But that, that'll be cool for everybody uh, if that happens. But as you said, yeah, ton of stuff up on the $10 tier uh, right now. $5 tier, as I said, the 173 and one that is coming up very, very soon. I also have a, uh, a series on WW Bash at the Beach and Beach Blast as well. That'll be coming uh, uh, throughout the month of July called Beach Bash. That will be $5 uh, there. And then the return of the very popular SummerSlam Scrambler, where I put every SummerSlam match in history into a randomizer. Uh, then it'll spit out 10 random matches, and we'll review those 10 matches. And some of those aren't always good. Some of them are just random squash matches. Some of them are innocuous matches. But we always have fun with it because we'll talk about the wrestlers involved. We'll talk about the SummerSlam. We'll talk about some of the stuff going on. We always, always get some fun stuff out of any single match so do not worry that if a match comes up you go ah it's like a two minute match why would i care about that match i will make you care about that match that is my job and my duty to make you care about that match but that's uh that is a SummerSlam scrambler that will be coming in august as well so we got a ton of stuff up there five dollar ten dollar tier 
Uh, that is at flagshippatreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, or voiceswrestling.com slash Patreon. So that is that. Oh, I want to say as well, VOWretro.com. All of our past retro content that we have done on the Patreon is now available there. VOWretro.com. I have it all laid out by... Because I've had a lot of people say, hey, I didn't know you did a series on this, or I didn't know you reviewed this, or I, you know, where can I find all that stuff? That is where you can all find it. It has it all listed. You can click whatever series you want to do. Everything is there. Every match is there. Every review we've ever done there. Every deep dive. Every single series. All the November to Remembers. All that has easy-to-find links all there at VOWretro.com. So very easy for you to find VOWretro.com again if you want to go back and listen to all those. So that should be make it a lot easier, especially if you're a new subscriber and you didn't know, hey, We've been doing this thing for you know a couple years now, and we have a ton of content available there uh, from the retro side. So vowretro.com uh, is where you can do that. All right, it's a lot of plugging. Let's finish the plugs and now get to our review. Impact Wrestling against all odds. Did Pretty you watch show. the pre-show? Uh, you know what? I did. Wow, I wasn't I expecting that. Dot com chat. I did. Honestly, I didn't know it was the pre-show, and then I got duped into a pre-show because I hit play on the video. Assuming that I wasn't getting the pre-show, and then I realized it was the pre-show, because then Tom said, I will see you on the main show against all odds, and I went, ah, oh, fuck, he got me, so yeah. I watched the pre-show, yeah, I watched Black Taurus versus Laredo Kid, and then Brian Myers defeating Rich Swan to win the uh, Impact Digital Media Championship. Both yeah. of those show, both of those matches were good. Both those matches were really good, yeah, I wasn't upset when it was done, when it was done, I was like, you know what, hey, not bad. You know, between Forbidden Door and this show, I mean, it's some good pre-shows lately. I know, I can't, I... I have to not skip pre-shows, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, both of those matches. I mean, Brian Myers, Rich Swan, that over-delivered. Oh, like that crazy. was really good. Yeah, that was. I, Taurus and Laredo Kid was was fine. I think it was pretty good. You Myers was and gonna Swan be, was really good. Yeah, they won't push Taurus. I don't understand. Uh, like, yeah, he, uh, it's really weird. He's got to be in the decay. He's got to be with Crazy Steve, and I'm like, he's a fucking Black Taurus. <laughs> like, just have him. It seems easy. Like, I feel like I have a better plan for Black Taurus than he's in Decay and, and he's on pre-shows. I don't get it. He's always around. He even he even works, like, the Impact pre-show, the before-the-Impact deal. Like, he doesn't even get on Impact. It's weird. It's very um, but Overall, though, Impact, I have to say, and, uh, you know, I wrote a review for last week's Impact Wrestling that I, you know, in, in my written reviews, my written TV reviews. Uh, they got me. I'm back in. Um and, and they're getting they're getting flagship real estate again because the shows have been consistently good. The pay-per-view was good. Whatever you want to call this thing, this Impact Plus special or whatever it is, this was good. Last week's TV, I mean, that Kazarian versus uh, – did you see that uh, uh, Kazarian match? I, I heard it was great. Yeah, I did not watch it though. The uh, Hold on. It, let me see what – I would be shocked if it's under eight. It was Chris Saban and Saban. Kazarian. It was Saban and Kazarian, right? Eight point two eight on cage match. Okay, I, told I, you. I need to I need to go watch that then. Yeah, another match this week better than the Usos <laughs> I was versus. Say, sounds like another better match. It definitely was better. Like, there's no question it was better. Um, you know, so uh, you know, Frankie Kazarian, twenty twenty two. No, I swear to you, I swear to you, it was great. But um. No, Impact's been really good. I Look, and I wrote this in my review. Do I expect this to sustain? No, it's Impact. How many times have we been burned? You know what I mean? Not burned, but they go through periods where they're really good, and then it's not good anymore, and then it's horrendous, and then it's really good. Right now, Impact is legitimately 
really good. Um, this pay-per-view, I thought, as a whole, or whatever you want to call it, I'll just keep calling it a pay-per-view. Um, man, there weren't many down points in this thing. I mean, I thought everything pretty much landed. You know? Yeah, there there were definitely impact pay-per-views of like or, or specials or whatever of prior years where we would watch and there'd be like a few brutal matches, like just absolutely, absolutely brutal matches. And and that kind of would lead us to like, hey, you know, this is good and that's good, but God, you know, I can't really watch this thing if it's gonna be brutal like this. Or there's some weird rosemary thing where she's eating somebody backstage. And we're like, this is dumb. But that wasn't this show was like if 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 this is impact now, if this is what that company is gonna be what this show was and, 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 and really what Slammiversary was, then I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm absolutely in because I think that uh, they seem to be on a pretty good path. They seem to have a really – I think the roster more than anything. The talent roster is great right now. Very, very good. They, 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 they got depth, the roster. In, they have the roster. depth in the women's division. They have depth in the men's roster. They have a lot of yeah. different unique workers. They have a lot of different unique styles throughout the roster as well. Uh, and it's leading to be really, really good shows. So, yeah, I, I, I think I might be back in, and this might be, you know – could be famous last words, but I, I think I'm a little bit back in as well. So, yeah. So, Kazarian um, Sabin, uh, per Sean Cedor in uh, the Note of Shadow, is free on YouTube as well. Smart by Impact there. So, no excuse not to watch it. It's free. No, no, really. Channel. I mean, it's it really is it's a great match. It really is. Um, and and you know, and then Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel on this show topped it. You know, Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel on this show. Do you want to go? You want to do all the matches here? You want to just keep talking big picture on the show? You want to just hit? Yeah, I don't how know. Do you what do you, what do you want to do? Because I don't know if I have a ton to say about every single match here. Let's talk big picture. We can jump around a little bit and talk big picture. So Bailey versus Trey Miguel. So, um, what did you think of this? Because I, I don't think I don't even think like four and a half would be out of line if you wanted that to go that high on this. And it's just Mike Bailey adding another notch to his potential match, uh, you know, wrestler of the year belt. I yeah, mean, this he, guy's he's, just He's putting himself in that conversation with Will. I, I think Will's still my guy, but Mike Bailey is making a hell of a run uh, over the last few months, man. He he really is. And Trey Miguel, he won a um, four-way on Impact the week before, which, again, uh, Chris Bay, Laredo Kid, and Macklin. And that was an awesome little TV match. And Trey Miguel has been wrestling his ass off lately. And I thought he was every bit as good as Bailey was in this match. This wasn't just Bailey. I mean, I think Trey Miguel deserves his roses too uh, for this bout. But uh, but Bailey, yeah. I mean, you know, his arrow's pointing up. And I, I didn't love the Moxley-Brody King main event on Dynamite. So I think Moxley's ma- uh, Wrestler of the Year arrow's pointing down a little this week. If, you, if you're into tracking that sort of thing that way. And I think Bailey's, Bailey might have jumped him. And yeah, I, I I'm with you. It it could be, you know, Will and, and Mike Bailey at this point one two in some order for wrestler of the year. I mean, Bailey just he's he's like Osprey, he's just money every time he steps. Yeah, in the every ring. time he's in the ring, no matter who he's against, he he's delivering. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm four and a half. I don't know if you you were saying like you wouldn't. I don't know what you gave this match or what your absolute rating was for this, but I liked it a lot. I thought the Takeshita match uh, from a few weeks ago was a little bit better. Uh, but it was very similar in styles. I love that they just went 14 minutes. It didn't need to go 25 minutes. It didn't have to be a gigantic epic. They just went out there and worked their asses off for you know 14 minutes. Uh, I'm probably four and a quarter on it, but, I mean, that's still really good. That's a really, really good match, and, yeah, definitely one uh, to check out. I've seen some people a lot higher on it, and this, like you said earlier, with the Usos and, and, and the Street Profits, you couldn't understand how somebody could go higher. I can understand how you could go four and a half on this match. I could see how you could call this a match of the year contender. I could see that. 
it wasn't quite that for me. I've seen a lot of other stuff this year that I thought was a lot better. But with that said, this was really, 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 really good. And, 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 and another feather in the cap of both guys who are having a great year. But, yeah, if there's something that you need to watch from this show that you absolutely have to watch from this show, I would say this is the match for sure to, to go anyway and check out. Like, I, I didn't make it as much maybe as other people did, but, but it was still solid as fuck. Well, cage match is 8.99. So wow. that's about four and a half. Um, I don't know if I'd go four and a half. You know, obviously, easy notebook. I'm probably closer to you, four and a quarter. Um, but the, the, uh, you know, same neighborhood, I thought, you know, I thought I gave Sabin and Kazarian four and a quarter. And I thought that this match was a little better, but I can't commit to four and a half. This might be my classic four and a third that I like to do like twice a year. But, uh, but no, definitely a great match. I thought the, uh, the opener Motor City Machine Guns versus Ace Austin and Chris Bay was another notebook-worthy match. Um, I thought the main event, Joe Doring and Josh Alexander, where they just beat the shit out of each other. Uh, that's the best Joe Doring match in a long time. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. That That is another match I was going to say. If, you, if, you, if you're pressed for time, and it's just a very unique match. And it's completely – and that's what I think I, something I love about Impact right now is that that match couldn't be any different than Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel, but they're both good. They're both good in their own different way. Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel was an athletic competition. They're going out there. They're doing crazy stuff. They're doing as many things as they can. Josh Alexander and Joe Dorn just went out there and beat the fuck out of each other. I and mean, that was a match from, like, 1993 WCW. Like, that ride. That match was so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just rock-solid pro wrestling, the way There's I like it. Two dudes. Yeah, two dudes yeah. go in there, the bell rings, and they whoop the hell out of each other until one guy wins. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, the plunder with Moose and Sammy with the clockwork orange. How about that Raven commentary? <laughs> Raven commentary. How did that man, who, who let that man get on commentary? Somebody had to be in gorilla. Somebody had to be backstage and say, eh, you know, pull him by the collar and say, eh, not tonight, pal. I know we said you were going to be on the show, but, but not tonight, pal. Cause he was so bad, but then <laughs> I will say he was horrible. Then he got good because he got fun bad at a certain point. Do you agree or disagree? Do you think – okay, so do you think he just didn't care or do you think he may have been under certain influences? Uh, I thought that he may have been under certain substances. Yeah, I, I – But there was also a lot of I don't care. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> – I really don't know. It could be either one. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell, but – um. <laughs> he came out there and he was just like yeah yeah you know tom's like oh raven uh, how do you feel about the clockwork orange he's like ah, i don't know <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited That's and then it. and then you know uh drama king matt's like those are you know ex atlanta falcons and he's like naming like atlanta falcons and raven goes who cares about the atlanta falcons why are we talking about the atlanta falcons? yeah because of moose yeah and then yeah. tom's like well uh, uh moose played for the atlanta falcons raven he goes uh yeah, just like yeah, yeah. He was it was weird. It was uh, and then he started working blue. Um, yeah, because there started to be nut shots, and he just started saying the word nads a lot. And then he called yeah. Sammy Callahan a pussy at one point. He goes, "Ah, what a pussy! Get up!" Yeah. So you got hit in the nads. Get up! And I'm like, whoa. It was bizarre. I think. And he... Driving King Matt's doing. He's doing me. Driving King Matt's me, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, Raven!" Yeah, like, yeah. I mean. It got fun bad. It got fun bad. I think he was trying to be sarcastic and witty, but it's the wrong kind of 
outlet for that. It didn't work. I, I don't know. It was uh, it was bizarre. Yeah, though. he was going for the Dennis um, Miller on Monday Night Football, but he ended up just sounding like a drunk dude <laughs> the whole time. So yeah, I mean, he's kind of just killing the heat, like because he wasn't taking anything very seriously. Um, you know, and, and you know, Hannah fan before the match, he's like, "Well, you know, Raven, you've been in seven out of nine of the Clockwork Orange <laughs> matches. What do you expect to see here tonight?" I don't know. It should be fun. That's it. They tried. They really tried. They tried. You can tell. The best part is like seven minutes in, Drama King and Tom just decided we're not going to try anymore. We're just going to like, you know, we're just going to do our thing. Talk around them. We'll talk around them. Like he might say something and we'll try to respond. But for the most part, right? Like we're, we're just going to plow through. Cause then he says something and drama King just like, it was like, it was totally the Art Donovan thing in in, in King of the Ring. We're like gorilla and macho earnestly tried to, you know, make him a part of the show. And then halfway through just decided like, let's just ignore this guy and just go do our thing. And like, you got that too from those guys. And then it got kind of fun though. Cause then Raven realized he had to say something to get a word in. And that's when he just started saying nads and calling guys pussies and just started going off the rails. So if we ask this guy questions, it's worse. So let's just <laughs> right, not right. Ask like, yeah, they, cause there was a lot of like, so uh, Raven, what, what kind of strategy do you use? And he's like, pain, pain's good. And they're like, all right. <laughs> you know? All one word answers. Just, right, they're yeah. trying. They're so trying to get something out of this guy. And it just never, uh, but uh, yeah, otherwise I would say these guys, like, again, I never want to see a match where guys hit each other with shit ever again. Uh, but this was a good match where guys tried to hit each other with shit. So I'll give them the credit. Moose and Sammy did a good job with this. I think the honor no more tag once again was a shit ton of fun. I, I, I really enjoyed this way more than I should have with uh, the honor no more guys against America's most wanted good brothers. And uh, uh, I've got kids guy uh, Heath. <laughs> so they Chris Harris, look. He's not in the best of shape. He doesn't need to be. He's not in the business anymore. But he was moving around all right. Like, yeah, he, he did not embarrass himself out there um, for a guy who hasn't wrestled in, in God knows how long. And this was just constant action. And every time they have one of these, you know, honor no more matches or whatever, they're a lot of fun. You know, they're not five-star classics, but they're a lot of fun. You know, I Chris agree. Harris. It, it, it's a really good invasion angle. You know what I mean? It's, it's really done well in the sense that, like, these guys don't feel like they're truly a part of the show. They're kind of in backstage. You know what I mean? And they've done a good job of telling it in a good way. Like, these guys hang out in the boiler room and stuff. They're not always out there. They're, they've done a really good job. And then they come in, and they're just like a gang, man. You know what I mean? It's like they're like gang yeah. wars, and they, they're really, really good. They're not – obviously, they're nowhere near, like, your UWFs and New Japans or whatever, but, like – they're good. They're really, really fun matches, and 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 they're they're quick and hard hitting, and they they're they're presented like fights. They're presented like the 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 impact teams really want to beat these guys. The Iron No More guys really want to win the matches. Like I, I really think these are it's a, a f- completely underrated story and a completely underrated invasion angle. If it is actually done, which I think we're, we're in the final stages here. If not, it is actually done. I, I think they've done a really good job with it. Yeah. Chris Harris hadn't been in Impact since 2011. He hadn't wrestled since 2018. If cage matches to be believed, but um, you know, I thought he looked all right. Mm-hmm. Another interesting fact from this show, and uh, Garrett Kidney, he researched again? Again? that guy again. You've got to he be researched... kidding me, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. That's right. He researched this. You know, Joe Doring, he gets pinned in the main event, right? This is the first time Joe Doring has been pinned in a pro wrestling match since December 1st, 2019 in a, in a tag, 
in a tag match in All Japan where he was pinned by Kento Miyahara. How about that? Wow, that rules. Okay. And he's so, been well protected in Impact, too, which, by the way, that that's how you tell stories. Yeah. That's how you tell stories. <laughs> you, yes. You have a guy Guys win a lot, and then he gets a title shot. That's stories. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, you know, he, he obviously had never lost an Impact, you know, via pinfall. Um, and he gets the title shot, and he goes out there and kicks ass, you know, vintage Joe Doring. And, uh, yeah, the main event was in Josh Alexander has been a, you know, very good champion so far. I, I, I wish he just would have been champion this whole time and they didn't do that stupid shit with Moose. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, we could have been, we're, we'd be in the midst of like a really, really, really great reign right now. And we, we still are and we still might be, but yeah, we would have been two months ahead, three months ahead already um, if, if we had just done that, went, went away with that story. So I don't think that added anything to their business or interest in the, in, in him being champion. I just think that flopped. It, it was it was all bad. His family was right. in the they ring. They wanted to tell the story that Josh over. eventually overcame it and, and Moose dragged the worst out of Josh and all that sort of stuff. I get it. But, yeah, I, I just think Josh winning the title and, and hugging his family would have been fine too. Just didn't feel right. It was it was all wrong. I wish they hadn't done it. But he's champion now, and he's, uh, and he's off to a really good start with this title reign. So, um Really enjoyable show. At no point during this show was I like, eh, should I fast forward this and just not talk when we talk about this match and let Rich take it, uh, which I may or may not have done for pay-per-views in the past. Uh, <laughs> but I, I never thought about doing that for any of these matches. No, you know, no, I every match. I mean, even the Chelsea Green, Deanna Perazzo, Mia Yim, Mickey James, I thought that was well worked, hard-hitting. Um, Rosemary Ty of Valkyrie versus the influence. I mean, yeah, you know, but nine minutes, you know what yeah, I mean? That kind nine of minutes, stuff, nine yeah. minutes, in and out. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everything yeah, was, that, was that. cut pretty short uh, and, and and pretty well done. So yeah, I'm 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 in the impact right now. So they've won me back temporarily. Yeah, they're back in. They're back in. Uh, who knows how long it'll last? I, I, I feel like they run these little impact plus events like every two weeks. I mean, let's pump the brakes. Uh, I can't be reviewing impact uh, twice a month here, but uh, uh, we might have to if these shows remain good and the uh, booking remains solid. So. You know, and 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 the TV is fun now too. So, um, we're back on. We're back on the impact. We're back we'll on. Yeah, another company that we're gonna have to be back on too. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. We have some matches for this yeah. show uh, coming up pretty quickly here, July twenty third. So we got to get the the ball rolling on this uh, ROH show here. Uh, we already knew about Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal for the World TV title. We knew about that one. That's fine. Uh, we do have an ROH Pure Championship match, a rematch from IWTV 100. That was like a year ago, right? Almost a year ago at this exact point. Uh, Wheeler Yuta defending the title against Daniel Garcia. That's going to fucking rock. And then we have a rematch of the match we mentioned a little bit earlier. One of my matches of the year, maybe my match of the year, FTR versus the Briscoes. ROH World Tag Team Titles. FTR cuts a great promo on Dynamite. The Briscoes respond with a great promo that was uh, posted all over uh, Twitter uh, today as well. Uh, and they're running it back here. They're running uh, it back, which is, is is tough to do. When you had four months ago, arguably one of the best matches of the entire year, they're running it back, and there'll be a lot of expectations for this match. What's going to happen? Will they be better or worse than before? Uh, this is interesting. The booking of this is going to be interesting too because, like you said, FTR does have this belt collector gimmick right now, but there is an argument to be to me made that the briscoes win this title right yeah i'm i'm conflicted on what i would do here and i'm curious what you would do because obviously it'd be smarter for the briscoes to win the titles back and then run this for a third time right do do the 
do the three matches because it's a big match. And I, I have a feeling it's going to be promoted as the biggest match on this show based on how great it was last time. And it won't make a ton of sense to have FTR just beat them twice. I, I That's weird. Doesn't right, feel right. Right, right, Because then you don't, you're not, that's done then. These guys are done. They, Briscoes they don't do get another, another match. shot. They don't, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm pretty locked into the Briscoes winning. But the problem with that is that I like FTR and the Bell Collector gimmick. Right. And if you, and if the Briscoes win, then that kind of is a detour in the road of doing FTR versus the Bucks for like all of these titles at some point, because you know, the, or, or you'd have to wait for FTR to win them back again from the Briscoes. That's why it's an interesting match from a booking standpoint. And I, and I don't know what they're going to do, which is a good thing, you know, because we'll go into that match. Um, you know, my, my, my feeling is maybe uh, the, the Briscoes win and we're not doing FTR bucks until the next pay-per-view not all out, but whatever's after that full, right, gear, full gear, whatever. Full gear. You know, um, th- that might be the idea there because I think there's more money you can squeeze out of FTR Briscoes. So, um, I think I would have the Briscoes win this. What would you do? At the same time, though, FTR, like, they're so hot. Do you want to so beat hot? I don't want them to lose these titles either. Yeah, it's a very this is a, a booking conundrum here. No, no contest <laughs> time limit draw is probably like, I don't know yeah because I don't really have a good answer for this because I think the Briscoes probably should win to build up to a future match and like you said then it, the Briscoes lose that's kind of done it's like FTR is like well we beat you once and then we beat you again so we're good but I don't want FTR to lose either they're on a great run I think them being in the belt collector gimmick is good I think that building up to a future Bucks match is good I'm really, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm being, I'd be a coward here. I might go to like no contest or time limit draw or something like that. Cause I want one more match with these two guys, with these two. But you teams. don't want FDR to lose. Right. Yeah. No, I know it's, it's going to be tricky. Um, you know, Utah Garcia, that's just, you know, pure rules. That has a chance to be real interesting. I think that's, I think Garcia is the perfect kind of wrestler for the pure rules and, and, will be creative enough to make that very end because a lot of times the pure rules matches don't land depending who's in them. I trust Garcia in that spot. And then Joe lethal. They've been building that since forever. I just want to get that match over with, but Gresham will know a lot more about his opponent after this tag match on dynamite. You know, it looks like Brian cage since he's in there with in the tag match against Tully's guys, maybe they'll set up a Brian cage match, but Moriarty already asked for a title shot. Right. He asked for a title shot and then Tully and his guys like, you know, uh, got involved with the promo and then they set up the tag. The thing with Moriarty does, I don't know if he's a pay-per-view headliner yet at this point. Yeah. So so it's probably going to be cage. Right. You would think (sighs) the end result here. Yeah, probably. And and I think they want to maybe do him a solid, too, just because. They've kind of put him on ice for this. Aren't they doing him a solid by getting paid to do nothing? I I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It depends what his motivations are. Yeah. So, but I feel like that's what this would be headed towards. Either that or this little tag against, I forget those guys' names, those two beasts that uh, Tully is managing. Um, Unless this is just a, a diversion and then they'll just beat those guys or whatever and then Gresham agrees to face Moriarty. I just don't feel like that's a super strong 
world title match on a pay-per-view, even though Briscoe's FTR is the main event. Right, right. And that's what I was going to say. Maybe maybe you do feel comfortable doing that because you have Joe and Lethal. You have FTR and Briscoe's. So you you don't you feel a little bit yeah. more comfortable with, with Gresham and, and uh, Moriarty being the quote-unquote main event, even though people know that there's bigger matches on the show or whatever. So th- you know, maybe this is the right time to do that type of match if you're trying to get that direction. So Yeah, and I think – some of these guys are eventually just going to be on the ROH roster when it becomes a, a thing, which we're probably getting closer to since this pay-per-view is on Bleacher Report. So there's some synergy there. Mm-hmm. And some of them are going to go back. Like, I don't expect Daniel Garcia to be an – he's going to be an AEW guy. Yuta is going to be an AEW guy. I could see Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal staying in ROH. I can too. Yeah, for sure. I could see them bringing the Briscoes in if they're finally allowed to. <laughs> which would be the sure. best for Jay Lethal ever. The best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, here no. forever. I'm Ring of Honor till I die. Oh, I'm out. Bye. And now he's back. In Ring of Honor. You know who I want to see get sent to Ring of Honor? Roosh. That's who I want to see get sent to Ring <laughs> yes, of Honor. Fuck that guy, Mister Knee Injury. I wouldn't it just be great if he gets sent right back? Yeah. That'd be fantastic. How's that knee feeling? How's that knee feeling, pal? Um, no, but yeah, lethal, Mister. I stay till the doors are closed. First guy to jet. <laughs> he's out. The very first guy. The doors aren't even, the hinge hasn't even begun to close, and he's out. (laughs) I'm the kind of guy who stays until the doors are closed. And he's the first guy to jump uh, (laughs) after that match. And then he has the the gall to say he's the the kind of guy to stay until the doors closed. But uh, he's back. They're sending him back. But there's going to be, like, we talked about this. There's going to be stars. If if anyone doesn't believe us that there's going to be star wrestlers who are going to be full-time ROH and out of AEW when ROH becomes a thing. All you need to know is what Khan said after um, Forbidden Door, that Castagnoli was earmarked for Ring of Honor and to debut on this show before the uh, Brian Danielson stuff happened and, and he became the replacement there. So that's a guy that they were going to debut at that before dishonor and more than likely leave on with the, he was going to be an ROH wrestler. And believe me, they're paying him seven figures. Make no mistake. Okay. He's making seven figures. So it's going to be a real promotion with real stars. And I think Castagnoli could actually end back, end up back over there because why not do the original plans? Unless he, unless they feel like he's so over an AEW that, Oh, well shit. Now we got to keep him here. So, Keep an eye. There's going to be big stars that are ROH wrestlers and not AEW wrestlers at some point. But uh, I'm sure this pay-per-view will still be a mix, you know, you know, of uh, of AEW regulars and everything until the TV starts and then they can do their own thing. But um, the, the first Supercard of Honor did like 20 or 25,000 buys or something. I think he said it was the third most purchased ROH pay-per-view ever. Um, and, and this one you would think with the promotion on AEW TV and Briscoe's versus FTR. I think they're going to top that number. I think they're going to beat what they did for Supercard, which was thrown together late in the game and kind of pieced together last minute and didn't have great promotion. This one's going to have much stronger television promotion over the next three weeks or so. Yeah. I I think they're going to be able to top that number and maybe do in the 30,000 range, I would say something like that. But I want to see the whole card before I commit to a, uh, to uh to the buys yeah 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 and, and see but they're they're pushing it pretty hard i mean they're, they're using this little bit of time in 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 uh awtv there's not a whole lot going on they're not building anything else they're using a lot of the time to build up to this show so i i, I anticipate this being a pretty big deal and yeah when, when you when you put ftr and briscoe's on there 
Uh, that match got so many buzz, uh, so much buzz during WrestleMania weekend. That was uh, the, the talk of the weekend. So uh, that match, in addition to a lot of the other stuff they put on the show, I think so far it looks really, really good. So I'm, I'm now, in. If it's, just, if it's just on Bleacher Report, though. I think that's going to hurt it. That's right? yeah, and that's what I'd like to know is if it is it going to be me, anywhere else. Check. I know outside of the U.S., it's available on Fight. Um, people in the U.S., it is not available on Fight, which kind of stinks because I trust Fight a lot more than I trust Bleacher Report live. Uh, if it's available on, on, on standard pay-per-view, I, that'd be great. Cause that's how I'll order it. But, uh, yeah, as far as I know right now, Bleach Report only. So that's, uh, I don't love that. It's the 27th, right? Uh, it is the 23rd, 23rd, 23rd. All right. Are you uh, checking your pay-per-view provider right now? Yeah, but it might be too far out. Yeah. This is a little bit, um, it's not listed on direct TV. Yeah. Xfinity. But... Let me double check. I don't think yes. I checked it a little bit earlier, and no, it is not available on Xfinity yet either. So, so if it's not on cable satellite, that, I mean, well, then again, what was SuperCard of Honor was just on Fight, right? Uh, yeah. But I think at this point, wrestling fans trust Fight more than Bleacher Report. Yeah, people do not trust Bleacher Report. Fight, people are kind of used to. They use it for Game Changer. They use it for New Japan. You know, they use they were using it for Ring of Honor already. You know. Bleacher Report, every wrestling fan's experience with that, the one time they were on there, sucked. Remember how terrible that was when they put Fight for the Fall, whatever that first show was. Yeah, 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 Fight um, for the Fallen. Or Fighter Fest, whatever the – Yeah, there was, was one of those, of them was on. didn't go well. did not go well. And, you know, it didn't go well at all. It was from um, Daly's Place, right, before yeah. they had TV even, before they had TV, um, I think. But um, did not go well, and, and I think – there's going to be some apprehension. So I think that might hurt the buys a bit, but as we get closer and see the card and get a better feel and see where you can buy the thing, um, I'll be more confident in putting out. Cause you know, I am Lord Lanza, King of the pay-per-view. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I will make my official proclamation several days before the show, uh, which, you know, will obviously be, uh, very accurate. Um, so yeah, that's our way. I'll, I'll play the ding, dong, dong, dong. I got to play my music. Of course, <laughs> you can play my music. music. I declare. <laughs> that's right. We'll play my music. Hear ye, hear thee. Uh huh. <laughs> Ring the bells. <laughs> I will put on my robe and my scepter. Yeah. And I will make the official prediction. I'm just not ready to make it right now. Right, so, but okay. I am very excited. About this pay per view and Ring of Honor that last show rocked. Oh that yeah, Ring of Honor is gonna fun. rule. Yeah, Ring of Honor under Tony yeah. is gonna fucking rock. So I, I can't wait. I am bullish on the new Ring of Honor. What's next? Next, Joe. Unfortunately, I regret to inform you that the future of sports entertainment will have to wait because it will not be happening no uh, any longer on July 9th. WES, their debut show, Wrestling Entertainment Series, the show scheduled for the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England, has been canceled. But up until two hours before the cancellation, they were promoting their asses off with great quotes like this, which you could expect if and when WES comes back. Quote, we're not like any other wrestling organization. A lot of people will see that after our first show. It's going to be something that hasn't been seen before in professional wrestling. It'll have a lot of different changes to it. For example, we're going to have pre- and post-fight conferences. We're going to have stare-downs the night before fights, before matches. It's a good twist. Something new that we think the wrestling industry needs. I'm excited. Staring, conferences, NFTs. Yes. WS has a lot to offer to the world. But unfortunately, 
Uh, multiple talents had come out saying that they either weren't paid or weren't given any information on travel just days before the show. Some people straight up saying, I don't think I'm on this show. I know I'm on the poster, but I don't think I've ever been actually told that I was on the show. Uh, and then finally yesterday at 3.52 p.m., the word came down. Quote, dear fans and followers, unfortunately, we'll have to cancel the event scheduled for this Saturday at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England. We are deeply disappointed in the news that we have to share. But with so many talent not showing up, we will have no choice then to cancel the event. I love the idea that, well, the talent's not going to show up, so we're, we're ready. We, we totally have everything ready to go. It's just the talent's not going to show up, so we have to cancel the event. Just perfect stuff from the, the Legion of Pain, the former authors of Pain here, saying, oh, the talent's not showing up, so we have no choice. Our team worked so hard on this event day in and day out for the fans to come with a different type of wrestling event and believe that we will still be able to show that in the near future. We do want to say that all of our talent that was scheduled have been paid in full, and that Lena Finei, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know how to pronounce her her, her actual name. The former I'm Nia Jax. The former Nia Jax. I'm not the lord of pronunciation. <laughs> right, that is not you. You have not proclaimed that yes. you are the lord of pronunciation. So I will, I will go back and just call her FKA Nia Jax. So do the sentence yes. again. We do want to say that all of our talent that was scheduled have been paid in full, and that the formerly known as Nia Jax was paid her deposit as well while she changed her mind and did not want to show up and wrestle anymore. So just an incredible sideswipe. They use all of our talent that was scheduled, then point her out and says, well, we paid her, but she didn't want to wrestle anymore. For now, we will have to apologize for this, but we promise that it will not end here. See you soon. Wrestling Entertainment series we talked about that a couple weeks ago we this thing had already been canceled and rescheduled once now it gets rescheduled again the shit's never happening by the way so now we are now we can now we can safely never talk about yes we're done i'm done i never want to talk about it we're done yeah we're done we're done alistair overeem the legion of pain stare downs press conferences it's all done it's never happening it's 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 all over nfts the, the 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 bull NFT that they seem to be sponsored by, whatever this thing is, it's we're done, we're done, we're done, we're done, and that's that's good because it uh it 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 gets added to the pile with control your narrative, never to be spoken of again. Yeah. On this show, we're done. Yep. So that is wrestling entertainment series. Um, we're done. We'll never talk about it ever again. I did mention a little bit earlier that uh, you did have to ask a few questions of why a lot of talent that doesn't appear anywhere else was suddenly booked for this show, like Samurai Del Sol, who who doesn't work anywhere because he's too expensive, didn't show up. Nia Jax, who hasn't worked anywhere, was showing up. Like, uh, No Way Jose, the formerly known No Way Jose, was going to show up on this show. There was a lot of dudes that you were like, yeah, hey, where's that guy about been? The, 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 the Get Hyped guy? What's yes, it, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Mojo, Mojo Raleigh, Dean, whatever the fuck, he was yeah. going to be there too. So I, I feel bad for that guy because he, like, everybody else was like, look, like, Cardona was laughing because people were like, I haven't been told anything. He was like, yeah, dude, this thing's fucking fucked. Like, don't go. <laughs> like, he was just basically yeah. replying to guys like, I knew this was fucked. Why are you guys even thinking you were going to go? Nia Jax being yeah. like, look, I don't even think I was ever booked for this show, to be honest. Like, uh, Drama King yeah. Matt being like, hey, it's like four days before and I don't have any flight information. Like, what the fuck's going to happen? But my man yeah. Mojo Raleigh was like three days prior. He was like, get hyped, baby. <laughs> the WS is coming. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he thought he was going to England, and he was going to walk up to the Motor Point Arena and just tear the fucking house down with Big Demo. You know what I mean? He was You know what this was? This was all of these people finally getting booked at their exorbitant rates. (laughs) So they were excited about that. And not realizing, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. 
someone finally agreed to pay these people the, the massive sums of money that they because that's why they don't get booked anywhere else. Right. And they thought it was gonna be like a reunion of like uh you know 2015 NXT and they were all gonna hang out in England and fucking uh you know eat fish and chips and uh and make a ton of money and uh, the gang was gonna be back together and it just uh it didn't work out. So yeah, I believe uh, one one person said that they uh, uh, ticket estimates were about 350 tickets sold. Uh, it was a 10,000 seat arena, so that's yeah, yeah, not great. That'll do it. <laughs> that's not great. That's uh, yeah. I'm not a mathematician, Joe, but I believe that's only 3.5 percent of the uh, venue capacity. Uh, 350 tickets of of, of 10,000, so that's uh, not uh, hope. ideal. So. <laughs> I hope those people get their money back. <laughs> but uh... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. skeptical. Yeah, so um, that is R.I.P. to uh, Wrestling Entertainment Series. It might it might exist again, but it will never exist again on this show. So we uh, we bid adieu well, to them. Well, By the way, their if, Fight TV link uh, goes to a dead 404 page. So uh, that was a worry from some oh, people. Of, nice. Why is it still available? Why can I still order the show? Well, now you can no longer order the show. It's it's gone. Well, if they claim they paid everybody, why not just do the fucking show? Because well, the talent wasn't going to show up, Joe. Quote, well, we are yeah, deeply sure. disappointed in the news that we have to share, but with so many talent yeah, yeah. not showing up, we will have yeah, no choice but not to cancel the event. Blame the talent. But, yeah. like, Drama King Matt was like, I don't have a flight. Like, how am I going to get to England? They just want, like, are they, they want me to book my own, like, what is going on here? I haven't heard any details They about sold this. 300 tickets, and then, they sold 300 tickets, and then said, we're not paying for any flights. Right. Fuck this. Right. We're canceling this thing. And we'll blame them and say they're not coming. <laughs> right, well, they're not coming, so we Right, right. I, I love it. I, I I never knew these guys were as big a grifters as they were, but good for them. So uh, now, 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 the authors of pain are the promoters, right? The legion, yeah, the legion of pain, the legion of pain, Joe. Yeah. Jeez, they're fucking over their pals. Like <laughs> they really are. Yeah, they're done. They're kind of done now, right? Yeah, they're like, done. None I mean, of these dudes would... want to ever work for them. Maybe Mojo. Mojo, I feel like, because he was. I think he's still going there. Did you read the Mojo tweets? He was like, Poor "Well, no. uh, I'm scheduled for a meet and greet. I'm still gonna be there, and I'm gonna donate everything to like. He's gonna donate it to charity." Oh, and was just like, "Let's fucking go, man!" Because <laughs> I think he already booked. There, like, well, he said he booked him and his wife to like go to England, so I think he's just gonna go to England and have a good time. Fly himself. To I think England he's just gonna to... fly there and eat some fish and chips, drink some beer, and and enjoy his enjoy his vacation. So, Ugh. stay hyped. Yeah, I, I appreciate him, but uh, yeah, none of the none of the other people will, will be showing up there. So, he's gonna eat some. Uh... Some fries with the beans on, with the with the pe- <laughs> no, the fries with the peas. You ever see the, the fries with like the green toast- peas? What's the what's the sandwich with the French fries on? Is that a toasty sandwich? What, what is that? That has called? peas on it too. They love peas over <laughs> there. Why love peas? Are what good. with the peas? <laughs> no, but it's like those wet looking peas. Yeah, they don't like, look ah. like good peas. Yeah, what is the fries on a uh, the French fries on a sandwich thing called? A well, chip chips, buddy, chip. chip buddy. That was what it's called. Yeah, chip buddy. Which yeah, I, chip I love. Buddy sandwiches and i love french fries you couldn't fucking pay me to eat a sandwich that's just made of french fries there's a twitter account that that tweets like uh just football food from the soccer games yeah oh yeah yeah. oh it's the worst all looks awful like it none of it ever looks good and i don't know if the account knows that it looks bad and that's the point or if it's like you're supposed to be like hell yeah a pile of wet peas on some french fries for (laughs) For seven pounds, I'm all in. Like, I don't know, like, if like that's the idea or if you're supposed to think it stinks. Like, I can't figure that out. Um, maybe that's why they're all, all the British wrestling fans are so grumpy. 
They're eating they're even chip buddies. They're eating chip buddies and pea sandwiches all day. So. Yeah, they're eating pea sandwiches. Like, you know, peas. That's like what we. That's like baby food here. Like, no one <laughs> eats peas after you have teeth. You know, it's it's like you can only peas are like Gerber baby food, and maybe you get it in a hospital, right? They give you some peas, right? Some mashed peas. Or they're I, I do I do a pea purchase every so often where I'm like, ah, you know, I haven't had peas in a while. Then I have them. I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't have peas very often. Nah, it's like I get like a frozen peas. bag of peas and I like yeah. boil it. And I'm just like, this fucking stinks. What am I doing with this? So. Peas are a gimmick vegetable. Like, you, you, I do. I, I will say I like them when I have them, but then I'm just like, why am I? Why am I eating peas? Like, it's to go to like you bump your head, you get the bag of peas. Like that, no one really eats them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I think I like them more than you do, but I also don't like them. It's a weird thing where like I have them and I'm like, yeah, they're fine. And then I never, I'm like, I'm not going to buy them again. Like, like it's not every week where I'm like, ah, add peas. No, no. If you're going out nurse, like give me peas. I need peas. Like I'll sometimes buy them. I kind of like enjoy them slightly, but then I don't think about them ever again. So meanwhile, everyone at the Everton match is uh, enjoying mm-hmm. some peas on chips at their fucking soccer game. Uh, is that a team, Everton? I think uh, it is. Yes. <laughs> You're asking literally the worst person on earth. Uh, I believe Everton is indeed a, a, a football club. Uh, but, but uh... Everton's facing Liverpool <laughs> in a uh, – Do they face EPL. each other? I, yeah, probably. They're probably both uh, – You've probably bet on a few of those games. Right? Yeah, 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 I don't know. Uh, no. No. No, no. I'm not that much bet of on a the footy. I, I know nothing about it. I would never footy. bet on the footy. On the beautiful game. You um, bet on the beautiful game, so. So Everton and Liverpool. They, Liverpool is Premier League for sure. Everton. Which what was the I team mean, you said I, earlier? Everton. Uh, no, no, the other one. Oh, you, did you say Liverpool after that? Liverpool. Yeah, I yeah. said Everton versus Liverpool. Yeah. Like, Liverpool has to be. They're yes, like a big yes. time team, right? Yeah, I think they're a big time team. Yeah. Um, and it, but I think my the I Everton, have a lot of friends that are Liverpool fans. I believe so. I think. Are they man? You, no, they're Liverpool fans. Yes, I have friends that are big I Liverpool fans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then there's Man U. And then <laughs> yeah, there's... right. I don't think – because one time I said, or were you guys – and they were like, no. <laughs> oh, they'll get real mad, yeah. Right, because that's like, – I think the they're like team. the Yankees, right? Are they like the Yankees? Because they're like, well, no, well, I'm not a Man U. Like, Liverpool. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I, whatever, dude. <laughs> then there's Man City as well. So you, you don't want to get those mans, two confused. Yeah. The only man yeah. that I, I address is the Isle of Man. So that's uh... – Yeah, Isle of Man. Which, guy. by the way, fun fact, we'll talk about it a little bit later. I might be going to the Isle of Man very soon. What? And meeting the Isle of Man, man. You're really going to the Isle of I Man? I believe we are. Why? Why not? Is this your next vacation? We're going to go to, uh, we believe we're going to go to Ireland. And uh, the Isle of Man is a, a quick hop and a skip and a jump away. So. When I, Wait, I, specifically to visit Isle of Man guy? No, not really. Well, sort of. So I mentioned that like, I, I, we were looking at Ireland. And I said, ah, right, right by the Isle of Man. And the nurse is like, yeah, yeah all right. And I, get, I was like, well, speaking of the Isle of Man, like, she didn't want any more Isle of Man lore. Like, she didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Then I gave her the whole Isle of Man man story. And then she was like, are we going to go see him? And I was like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. So I messaged him, and I'm like, hey, Isle of Man man, if I come to the Isle of Man, will you see me? And he's like, fuck yeah, I'll see you. So I think we're going yeah. to the Isle of Man, so. I mean, when he else can you? Media weekends and shit. You met him, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I met the guy. He's like a normal dude. He's a normal. You know, he's a great guy. So yeah. yeah. So she was like, well, that sounds awesome. So let's go see Isle of Man Man. So then the nurse is all in on Isle of Man Man. So all right, well there you go. And then I told her the yeah. story that we're the, the the top podcast on the Isle of Man. That's right. 
I said it Number swayed one. by one man because there's not that many people there, but that's fine. We found Number the guy. One. We found the guy. I told him the lore of like we 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 did the Isle of Man bit for like four months, and then like. That's when he messaged us and said, hi, I am from the Isle of Man, and I think I'm the reason you guys are the number one wrestling podcast in the Isle of Man. And we were like, well, thank you, Isle yeah. of Man, man. And then we met him in New York. So, Yeah, he was in he was in uh, New Orleans. I've seen him at multiple media weekends. There you go. So he, he, if he yeah. can come to New Orleans and to New York, I can go to the Isle of Man if I'm going to be right there, right? I feel bad because his accent is so thick. It's and tough. I, yeah, I, I have tough. to ask him to repeat himself a lot. <laughs> I, he, I think he gets a little frustrated. But um, I'm I try though. It's not like I'm not being a wise guy. Like it's just uh, you know, very thick. Uh, I, that that's some dialect of the English accent, right? Like the British. I'll find out. I guess I'll find out in the next. Uh, Fuck, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Next couple months. Um, yes, uh, yes. So Liverpool is in the Premier. We League. find out if Everton is in the Premier League. Or... <laughs> no, and I don't care. Um, okay, we'll move on. Noah, let's finish up with Noah here. You want to talk I know about Fulham this. is now? Fulham got promoted again. TK doing a oh, nice that's job. TK's team, right? Yeah. Okay. Good for them. I don't know. That's it. They yo-yo. You know, he'll they'll, they'll. How many games do they play in the EPL? You don't know the answer to that. <laughs> They play like twenty five games. Sure. They, they go like twelve and thirteen and get demoted again. Yeah, great. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, are you are you on top of this transfer period? Right? Oh, always on top of the. Tra- I always want to see if the. Yes. Leicester, however you pronounce it, city or whatever, is doing something. I don't know. Maybe they can get David Beckham or something, right? <laughs> right. Pele. Is, is Freddie <laughs> Adu? Is Freddie Adu going to show up? Does Beckham still bend it? Or, uh, oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, Freddie Adu is probably like 27. No, right? he's got to be. He, yeah, I don't know. How old is Freddie Adu at this point? He's not good. Like, wasn't I think he not he's good? He also wasn't good, like, right? No, because he, he, he was a thing when he was like 13. I bet you he's super young. Okay, how old do you think Freddie Adu is right now? 29. 33. Oh, okay. You're getting old. You're getting old. Is he still playing? Uh, what's his club? His I think club they is Oosterlin FF. I don't know that? what that is. Uh, it was announced that Adu has joined Oosterlin FF, recently promoted to the third tier of Swedish football. That's not good. Wait, he's playing third tier <laughs> Sweden? Yes. I told you, Man. I don't think he was good. I think it ended up not No, going... no, he was terrible. He was definitely yeah, it terrible. It ended up not going great, but... so... But but I figured maybe he'd be a like a benchman on a real team. Third no, tier Sweden? Oosterlin FF. Third tier Sweden. Uh, oh, unfortunately, uh, on February 16, 2021, after only a month in Sweden, it was announced that Adu's contract has been terminated. So, yeah, he didn't play one game, it says. Yeah, so the, uh, the, the manager says that. But when you are away for so long, he has barely trained with us. He has defects all along, and I do not see that he has the mental strength required to recover. God damn, that's the quote? Yeah, yikes. <laughs> mental defects that he can't recover think, from? No, he had defects. And he doesn't have the oh, mental strength to, re- require, to recover. Well, that's no better. He's that's still not much better. They just separated mental and defects into different parts of the sentence. But yeah, it didn't. Uh... Man. They don't fuck around with the Swedish third no, tier. Dude, don't they... fuck around. Yeah, don't, don't. Oosterlin FF isn't fucking around here, so. Well, listen, he could come back here and play for the fucking San Jose Earthquakes or something, right? <laughs> the New York Cosmos. Sure the, yeah, he could play for the New York Cosmos. 
Is the MLS stronger than the Swedish third league? Uh, I'm sure. It has to be. There's like, there's, no, no, there's like. No, there, there's every teams now that and draw. Then, there's teams that actually draw in the MLS. Not only that, but the MLS every now and then will get a legitimate We are in, European how star. upset are people about the last 10 minutes of the show? Are We're you kidding me? They love it. So many comments. No, people are just going to be like, you dumbasses, Liverpool's, Everton. Yeah, it's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be great. So I think because the MLS will sometimes get a legitimate big-time international star that's slightly on the downside, right? I think it would be—it's a stronger league than the Swedish third. <laughs> Swedish, Swedes, yeah. I, I would, I would guess that that yeah, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, some of the places it, in MLS will draw like you know seventeen thousand people to game. I don't think seventeen thousand people are going to watch Oosterlin FF and and in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. That's got to be terrible. It's probably the size of like the high school fields around here. Swedish third league, right? Yeah. Do we have any Swedish listeners that are going to get pissed off um, at us because they're big fans? Or no, something? we do have Swedish listeners. I don't know if they're big third tier yeah. soccer league, uh, football league fans. So oh, we'll you can call it soccer. You're you're American. No, you I, I don't want. You know, I get. I get. You know. Yeah, but it's legitimate here because you, you just it's, be it's legitimately confusing. confusing. You know, confusing you call it soccer if you want. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. Pressing Noah <laughs> destination. We'll end out with this uh, quickly. You want to talk about Pressing Noah destination twenty twenty two next week, uh, July sixteenth from Budokan Hall uh, main event Kojima and Kano uh, on this show. But uh, there's some other fun stuff. It's a it's a big show. There's a lot of names, a lot of weird names as well. Uh, the current booking of Noah is very strange with, like, weird... Like, randomly in the middle of the show, Ninja Mac versus Dante Leo. <laughs> like, what are we... What? It's going on. Yeah. It's a very... Noah's strange as hell right now. Also, Keiji Muto, Kaito Kiyomiya. Will he be getting his win back? Keiji Muto retirement road match. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. That, this is an important... This is a pivotal show because... This is Kiyomiya's last crack at Muto because Muto's only allegedly doing, you know, five or six matches or whatever on this retirement, right? So, first of all, let me make this clear. And I think you agree. I don't even think it matters if Kiyomiya beats him at this point. Like, the ship is sailed. I don't think it does anything for Kiyomiya. And I don't think it'll be an impactful win if, even if he beats Muto. But the thing about it is, is I don't think he's going to beat Muto because I think they're going to build to Muto Kojima. And you can't do that if Muto loses. So what? Do you, what's your feel here? Yeah, no, and I agree. I think Muto is going to win a lot of these matches uh, in this buildup, um, especially this one. I mean, definitely this one. <laughs> like it, to me, it, it, it's it's almost a no brainer that he's going to win this one because you got to build a future of these matches, and I think there's ones down the line that they think are more important and ones that they do want to build to and ones that they do want to draw, you start having Muto lose all these matches, people are going to start saying, ah, oh, you know what, he's just going to lose all these matches. I think you need to have him win a few to make those last few be legitimate draws and be ones that people want to see. So I, it, to me, there's almost no doubt that he beats Kiyomiya here. And then, uh, you know. Yeah. And I, I guess I really we take our victory lap, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't even no know. Is, is it even worth a victory lap at this point? I mean, we've been no, right for – Two years. We're still even if he wins, even if he wins, we're still right. So that's fine. what I said. Like if, if Kiyomiya wins, does it even matter? No. It doesn't matter. The ship is long sailed. So, 
fourth the fourth match from the top on the show. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, and, and in the way that it, the feud has gone down, it's like this. You know, he had a chance to have an impactful win over him. This wouldn't be it. No. Um, Kojima against Kano is a really interesting match. Like Kojima's definitely winning, but I want to see those two guys work against each other because Kojima always works hard. Kano always works hard, but Kano also works stiff. Yeah, I wonder. This is going to be an interesting one to see how stiff he works. So I'm I'm definitely into that match. Um, Hayata versus Saiki Yoshioka for the junior title. Eh, whatever. Um, Elgin and Kitamiya defend the tag titles against Hideki Suzuki and Tim Thatcher. Suzuki got Thatcher in. I think Noah is a the perfect spot for Thatcher. So... I'm going to give this every opportunity with Thatcher. He hasn't impressed me all that much yet. Um, I, I legitimately was a fan of Thatcher in NXT. It's like the only place other than maybe Germany where I enjoyed his work. And I didn't see a ton of the German stuff. But I'm going to give him every chance with the Noah run. And I feel like they're probably going to win that match. Um, we talked about Muto Kiyomiya. I noticed that Nakajima is in a six-man tag. It's Shiozaki, Sagira, and uh, Fujita against Masakatsu Funaki, Nakajima, and Manabu Soya. Is this the beginning of the Nakajima job to everyone tour? Like, is that what we're going to get here? Yeah, it kind of feels like we're going to... He's got to kind of pay his dues a little bit here. I don't know if it's job to everybody and never come back, but uh, I think he's got some dues paying that he's going to have to do over the next couple of weeks and months. And this looks like... Yeah, this definitely looks like one that that it's going to start. Because I don't... I don't see a whole lot of other people in that match that could take a fall that they want to take a fall if, if knowing Noah's booking. So I think he's taking that fall there for sure. Alternate take. Does Noah think it's cool that he knocked out the DDT champion because mm, Noah's fucked up? They would think it's cool if like Fujita did it, but they don't think it's cool that Nakajima did it. Does that make sense? Right, then, they don't like him because they think he's a little nerd. Right. They think he's a nerd and he's a prick and he's a little kid and he needs to learn his dues and stuff. Uh, so, no, if, like, Sagira did it, they'd think it's awesome, but not him, no. Do you remember many months ago I said that Rob Van Dam was coming into Noah full-time, or not full-time, but as a semi-regular, and not just coming in for the cyber fight, and I also noted that it was Masato Tanaka yeah. that was uh, the, the uh, intermediary well, there. Do you remember when well, I said well, no, that you many per, months you ago? Guessed, you guessed that that was the – that you, out of nowhere, you just woke up one day and said, aha – I know. As you, I'm going to make this up. And... Fiddled with your mustache and said, ha ha, I got it. Rob Van Dam well, anyway, and Richards. Noah and Masato Tanaka is going to be the sponsor. Oh, wait, wait, weird. They're facing each other now. So or they're, they're in a team together. So anyway, Rob Van Dam and Masato Tanaka team together on this show against Nosawa Rangai and Super Crazy. So hmm. crazy how that one worked out. Um, You've done it again. You've directly I, you know, guessed it's, again. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, Ninja Mac for Stante Leon. I, I'm assuming Ninja Mac got this guy in. Um, what a weird Noah match. Ninja Mac <laughs> versus Smack Dab in the middle of the show. There's a bunch of tag matches, and then there's Ninja Mac versus Dante Leon. Just like a IWTV match that you just see on some random indie, and it's just here. So Then a bunch of undercard tags and stuff. So um, that's the 16th? That is the 16th, yes. Yeah, so that, that That is starting the same day that uh, the G1 is starting uh, as G1. well. So. Oh, fantastic there'll be plenty of time to squeeze that all in <laughs> plenty um, of wrestling to watch on the 16th so 
ah, we probably could have done this next week, but we didn't have any material for this week. No, so. we, we wanted to fit it in to get the last little bit. So maybe, maybe we'll talk about it again next week as well. Maybe we'll get some new, new yeah. stuff from there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of wrestling going on uh, in Japan. Over the We've gotten a little bit of a delay from Japan, but, like, Dragon Gate's ramping up. Noah's ramping up. G1's ramping up. It's going to get a little wild here over the next couple weeks in, in Japan. So definitely get ready uh, for that as well. But uh, that is it for this episode of the flagship, of course. Uh, you want to go to flagshippatreon.com to get additional content from both Joe and I. Uh, $5 tier, $10 tier. You're going to get all of the content on the $10 tier, all of our written stuff, live flagships, instant reaction lives, everything we do. Uh, $5 tier gets you all the VOW retro series as, as well as the Thursday TV reviews. Uh, so price points uh, for both their flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voice of wrestling or voices of wrestling.com slash patreon uh, also the flagship is a part of the voice of wrestling podcast network make sure you subscribe to the podcast network as well as the other shows we mentioned the uh, uh you've got to be kidding me a little bit earlier but we have plenty of other great stuff there on the voice of wrestling podcast network days of thunder shake them ropes open the voice gate talking about dragon gate we also have emerald flow show talking about all japan and noah Tons of great stuff there. Music of the Mat, one of the best shows, uh, one of the best wrestling podcasts uh, going. Just great, great stuff from Andrew Rich every single time uh, out there on Music of the Mat. So great stuff there. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to that to get all of the shows on there. So that is it for us. So for Joe, I'm Rich. And we'll everyone, talk- everyone should- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone should subscribe to the network and to each show so we get double action on the yes, downloads. Yes, do that. And download every episode. And I don't even think you have to hit play. Just download them, and then you can delete them. But just That's download right. them. Just download them because yeah. downloads are good, and then we all make much, much more money. So, all right. Uh, that is it for us. So, for Joe, I am Rich. We'll talk to you next time on The Flash.